What is up, everybody? Episode 151. I am running the show tonight as in like no intern Ben. So everything would get blamed on me. And I'm trying to make sure things aren't muted here. It's all funky. How are you doing, Nick? I'm doing all right. Just hanging out. I had a tournament this weekend. And uh, now I'm just chilling back in my place. All right. Shout out into the chat. First one here. Ryan Tennyson says, say hi to me. There you go. Hi. And tell us if Nick's audio sounds good tonight. Everyone. We've been having Nick on blast lately. So, yeah, it's all right. (laughs) It's all right. Evan, what's up, dude? Not much. What's going on with y'all? All All right. I'm glad you asked, Evan. (laughs) Story time. Oh, boy. Story. Perfect segue. Yeah. Story time with Matt. Here's the deal. I've got a lot to say. I, about 30 minutes ago, thought I was going to the emergency room for a broken ankle. It's true. I am not going to the emergency room right now. I said the show must go on. I was laying on the ground with my foot elevated and ice, uh, crying in pain. So I'm a little bit out of sorts, but I got some pain meds in me now, and here I am. So we don't need to go on, but I will say when I fell, which is what happened, I jumped through. I'll tell you. I went outside. We have a refrigerator on the back deck. Long story short, whatever. Got cold drinks in there. I went out to get there, and it was raining out. It's under a, a over canopy, but I went through the rain a little bit. My LL Bean, shout out to Worlds, LL Bean slippers, rubber bottom, got wet, and I kind of jumped in through the back door of my slider door when I hit the wood floor. Literally, I can replay it by saying it seems like what Paige Pierce explained. Like, if you remember what she explained, I literally felt that. And that was literally what was in my head. I was like, this is what happened to Paige. And I was laying there just like, ah, like, like literally, like my son says I wasn't yelling, but it felt like intense. So that was literally within the last hour I'm at a place where I can put a little pressure. I don't think it's broken, but I'm going to find out tomorrow morning and decide what I want to do. But that's a Monday thing, right? Then I didn't tell you guys this. I, this morning, was going to get, like, some, uh, I think it was salt or something, out of a cabinet. And you know those um, canning jars? That's a funny thing to say, but you can, like, green beans or pickles or whatever. I go to get the salt out, and it pulls one of those jars out. And we have a granite countertop and I follow the jar down, like trying to catch it. And you know what happens? It just shatters on the granite. So oh, yeah. got a bandaid on. I sliced my thumb this morning. It's a weird day. That's all I have to say. Happy Monday. The other story I tell you before we get into the thick of it all, I want to say major congratulations to my son, Hunter. I tried to get him on for an interview, everybody. He may at some point, but I don't think it's tonight. He just took down his first ever, you may be surprised to hear, non-junior event ever. He has eight wins. Now he has nine. Eight of them were junior divisions. Well-deserved and well-earned. The junior divisions are no joke, but this was against full-grown men. <laughs> and With beards. Yeah, with beards. Evan's division included. Hunter took it down, shooting an average of 966 rated at 13 years old. I actually shot the worst event average of the last 15 years, and I don't need Statmando to tell me that. So my son did great. I hope somehow my powers rubbed off to him, and he just that you know he did it. But no, I can't give. Well, it. can't take. Yeah, quick credit. pause on that. In in Matt was playing a different in a different division than Hunter, but in round one they played the same layout. 
uh hunter beat you by what six strokes he beat, he, he beat me by more so it, it's not a dig on you matt but it's uh to showcase so uh, hunter had a good weekend yeah he uh, you guys were neck and neck like hunter had you by uh you know a few more under but you were about halfway through and then you just got a couple bogeys there's some yep. there's some tough holes there and they got you Yep. Uh, yeah, Hunter came out on top, and you played a different layout the second round. But he beat me by a lot in both rounds. I think uh, over ten plus strokes both rounds, so it was a twenty plus stroke loss for me. And uh, Ben's played that course a few times, Westy Acres, uh, but we it's changed its layout throughout the uh, months or years. Uh, we played it on Wednesday, same layout that Hunter played. Uh, I think Ben shot like a two three down, okay. and Hunter was like eight or nine both rounds. So Hunter smashed Ben's, uh, I don't want to say record. That's not the right word. Score. uh, Both rounds. We're razzing on Ben and he's not even here. By the way, Ben is camping or something. So it's fair game. Yeah. It's one, it's fair game. Two, it's not razzing on Ben because Ben beat me by a lot on that round and both my rounds this weekend. I was, I I was the worst of the show. And I, I think that's how it's going to be for the foreseeable future. But, uh, yeah, congrats to Hunter. Yeah. Uh, hot round i mean he tied the hot round the first day and then hot round the second day solo so like he goes on the way home dad and i think he's like trying to set him self up for like not being disappointed he's like dad it's like i know i got to get better but when can i play m1 <laughs> and i'm like bro you can play it whenever you're ready you can start now yeah. uh i was yeah, like why don't you play the maple hill event i said because we have one coming up in a few weeks play that in m2 and see what happens and then like maybe that's it you don't need it anymore you know like go on up mm-hmm. so Good for him. Yeah, I'll say this. Uh, a fun little story for Hunter. Uh, he got a little cup trophy uh, from winning. And what does he do as soon as he gets it? Takes pictures with the podium crew. He goes over, takes out his uh, leftover Gatorade, pours it in, and just chugs it out of the cup. Uh, and then right after, he's like, oh, I got to clean it out. It's going to get sticky. So he pours water in it and scrubs it out with his disc golf towel. Kind of funny. Uh, but uh, yes. yeah, smart kid there. He's having a, a ton of fun winning tournaments. That's right. And I am so proud of him, dude. I asked him, this is a whole segment on him. Apparently I asked him on the way home. I said like, Hey, do you remember how far you've come? Do you remember how you used to play disc golf? And, and you know, it was interesting. He knew what I was talking about. It wasn't the skill so much. He was always skilled. And he goes, yeah, back, back like two years ago, I used to think that I had to go for everything. This is what he said. And he kind of made fun of himself. He's like, I have to get this birdie. I have to throw this shot. I have to have to, all this stuff. And oh he's at a really wise spot now at 13 years old. He's knows the smart golf play. And I believe that's why he took it down like hardcore by six strokes. So congratulations again. Hunter. Proud of you. All right. Uh, also, at that event, I know it's local and a lot of our listeners are not local, but shout out to this local scene. That course has me wanting redemption, number one and two, because it's pretty cool out there. Three, Nick, and I'm saying this with all seriousness, I think we might have the most amount of fans at this location in Massachusetts, like oh, yeah. anywhere, possibly. It could be the most concentrated. Yeah. I've been a lot of places and a lot of fans, they're all great fans. I'm not I'm not saying one's better than the other, but the amount of love we got out at this event was super high. Shout out to the spotters, Remy and Will. My understanding is they're a spouse like duo spotting duo. She apologized for stopping me mid-round. She said, Is it cool? Can I get a picture? And I'm like, 
I'm an amateur. You can't mess me up more than I'm already messed up. <laughs> like, let's get a picture. So shout out to you, Remy uh, and Will down there. Thanks for finding my disc that I threw OB. <laughs> so nice. Very Oof. cool. Uh, anyways, really cool. I really appreciate the hospitality out there. You definitely need to go check out that course. It's it's very awesome. Okay. Well, I'll be up in a couple weeks, and we'll hopefully your ankle permitting, Sheesh. we'll be able to go get some filming out there. In all seriousness, I just don't know right now. It's your point. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully willing. Uh, so, Nick, <laughs> tell me about this company, Discology. It's new on my Discology. radar. It's new on my radar, but from mm-hmm. what I see... And what I'm looking forward to experiencing, it's worth talking about here. Let people know what Discology Disc Golf is. Biggest thing we're talking about with Discology Disc Golf is premium disc golf bags. Now, their shop actually does have a lot more than just bags on it. They have retrievers. They have putter pouches for carts and stuff like that. But the main idea of Discology Disc Golf is premium bags. They actually have two awesome looking bags. I will be getting one of them very soon. It's the Discology OG V2 and I'm getting it in the smoke gray. It's um definitely, if I was to look at it and compare it to something else, it looks exactly like a, or not exactly, but it looks very similar to one of the grip bags, which is what I currently use, but very clean for the price, for the price of $89.99, it beats any other bag company that I've seen out there. And they also have a new bag coming out. It's on pre-order right now. So if you go onto their website, discologydiscgolf.com, they have a pre-order for their new icon bag. And it's a little bit more of an open layout type bag, but they have a sapphire blue and a crimson red color scheme coming out. So go on to discologydiscgolf.com and check out their bags. They are premium bags and they also have a couple different ones, but those are the two main bags. And a little shout out to them. We'll also be doing a video with our new bags very soon. Um, They've been awesome. They're going to be hooking us up with some pretty sweet bags. And so we'll actually get some reviews on a youtube video as well but like i said go on to discologydiscgolf.com and you'll be able to find if you're looking for a bag if you're looking for a putter pouch for your cart even if you're looking for a retriever go check out their website and Disc- order away ology that name's kind of like discology when you put ology on something it sounds like important so mm-hmm. i already feel that way i can't wait to feel important wearing their bag exactly i'm very excited for it i mean i'm no i'm not important what am i joking maybe the bag will help maybe i will be (laughs) there you go discology.golf.com um so people are like oh we start early now i'm seeing the chat you know our friends on the chat or live chat which is a couple percent of our full listening audience but we're starting early now guys i might have just like broke my ankle off half hour before the show and i said we gotta go early so i can get out of here and go to urgent care so right now I'm kind of readjusting and trying not to feel the pain. We started early with that intention in mind because I did not, the show must go on. I did not want to reach out to Cole and say, Cole, I can't do it. He would go, dude, you, you broke your ankle. Like go that he doesn't care. And so the same thing with Missy. Yeah. But like we lined them up. It's a show. We want to give them their spotlight. The show must go on. We started early. Gosh, darn it. We'll get it done. So here we are. My wife's like, you're crazy. And I'm like, yeah, it's all good. Let's go. Yeah. I hopped down the stairs on one leg. She helped me. Anyways, here we go. So, Evan, let's get to actually the meat of disc golf. The Ledgestone Insurance, oh, what is it? Uh, open, presented the by Discraft Merrill. Discraft Ledgestone Open. Presented by yep. Merrill. Right? Presented. Uh, I actually, I saw that in Cole's post. It does not say that on PDGA, <sighs> okay. but I did see that in Cole's post. 
I think it was a late sponsor edition, so oh. they were able to update the logo, but I don't think the okay. uh, PDGA event name, uh, it was like too close to it. I don't really know. It's an I elite mean, plus. CGPT, the disc raft led show. I yeah, get every excited. time you heard it. I get excited when I hear elite plus, cause I feel like it's more disc golf and it feels special mm-hmm. and they did a good job. Elite pluses feel that way. We'll have more to talk about in regards to the event, how we feel about it. But what happened, Evan? Tell us what happened at this event. Yeah. Well, got to start off eight, uh, 18 holes of Northwood black for both MPO and FPO live coverage. So they were able to make it work. So it was very cool to see no more of that half, uh, half round started on hole number 10. Um, but we had an exciting tournament. Uh, let's start with Cole Radalin. Uh, he wins his first elite or major, uh, victory. Uh, if we go back to his first elite or major top 10, it was at this event in 2021. Uh, he comes out and gets his first dub here. He doesn't even have an A tier win in his career. This is the <laughs> first A tier or better. Uh, he's won a, a ton of B tiers and C tiers all throughout Oregon and and alike. But uh, he gets his first win on tour. Uh, he didn't even have an elite or major podium on the year. And I believe this is number four for him on the season. Uh, he uh, also <laughs> was shooting fire. Uh, he tied the course record at both Northwood Black. In round two, they played Northwood Black in rounds two and three, and Eureka Lake in rounds one and four. That's the MPO, uh, and then in rounds four at Eureka, you, oh my goodness, Eureka, <laughs> Eureka, <Lake>. yeah, right. <laughs> it sounds kind of weird to say it slow, but I won't. Uh, he shot fourteen down, which ties the course record there as well. Uh, no solo course records, but tying it is pretty dang good. Um, there was the hot round of Eureka Lake. Oh my goodness, uh, and Northwood Black for the week. But it ties, uh, I believe, Calvin Heinberg's record set last year at Northwood Black at nine down. And Eagle McMahon and Ricky Wysocki from 2019 Worlds at Eureka Lake um, ties that course record. He shoots a 10.93 rated uh, final round as of now. It's, of course, unofficial until uh, you know Tuesday ratings update every month. Uh, that is the best final round, uh, final round rating for an elite or majors uh, winner's first win. That's uh, hopefully that makes sense. Um, if you didn't uh, just hit the 30 second back on your podcast machine. <laughs> yeah. You right. <laughs> uh, out of all uh, the first uh, career win for anyone from elite and majors, that was the best final round rating. Uh, that's something we haven't seen a lot this year is just someone coming out and winning it in the final round. Uh, the best final round rating from a winner this year that we saw was Paul Macbeth at PCS open. Remember, he had to catch James Proctor out there in Norway. Cole Riddellen had the lead. He had Ricky Wysocki behind him. He had Calvin um, Heinberg behind him. He had uh, fun names like Andrew Marweed and Casey White right behind him who uh, played stellar. He had a lot of names and was like, nah, I'll see you guys all later and goes on to the five-stroke win. Yeah. Uh, super cool for him to see. Calvin Heinberg, uh, like <sighs> I said, Don't playing talk well. About it. He played. He played phenomenal. He's one know, off Cole's, but I know Cole's better score. than to pick him to win when he's just going to get a podium again. Like I could do that every week, Calvin, Calvin, but, Calvin. But I picked him to win, and he let me down. <sighs> it was. This good, is what people want to see. This is what people want to see out of Calvin in the final round is hunting him down. Aces. If Cole was making mistakes, if Cole had nerves that actually got to him, he might have had nerves anyways and overcame him. But if he had nerves that got to him and brought him down. Heinberg was right there to take the win. Uh, he did everything he could have done. Um, just Cole had the lead and, and played one stroke better. Let me just say, I'll re- I'll go back on what I just said. He did not disappoint with his play. Calvin didn't. 
Yeah. So I'm not disappointed. I actually feel like, okay, I picked him solidly. Like he did not disappoint, but yeah. he just couldn't catch Cole because Cole had that lead. It was, yeah. The ace though, can we just say, pause, the most excited, pause. like I've pretty much ever seen Calvin was just like pumped the woo out of his mouth, the hands in the air. It's like my nine-year-old's like, dude, we've never seen anything like that out of Calvin. So very cool. I was happy to see that. Yeah, very cool to see. That's his 10th elite or major podium of the year. Uh, we still have a handful of elite or major events left in the season, uh, but he's only the fourth MPO player to do that, uh, joining Dave Felberg, uh, Paul McBeth, and Ricky Wysocki, the latter two doing it a handful of times. Uh, but Heimberg doing it for the first time in his career, getting number 10. That's insane. Uh, he has two more, I believe, at silver events, and he got Idlewild D Glow, MVP Worlds. Uh, USDGC, I think I might have named them all. Uh, but that's a whole lot of events left that Heimberg can get more podiums at. Mm. Uh, quickly going down the leaderboard, we had uh, Ricky Wysocki in third place. He was uh, the reigning three-time champ here at Ledgestone, three in a row. Although one of those being the tie with Calvin Heimberg year, but still nonetheless, uh, three in a row, trying to go for four straight. Uh, played great, but again, got beat by Cole Rodallin doesn't get that win but we have to highlight ricky wysocki birdieing hold 12 that's the infamous par 5 the hardest course on tour sorry the hard well yes the north of black but the hardest hole on tour is hole 12 uh and he goes and birdies it twice there's only like a handful wow. of birdies through both rounds and he did it both in both gaining over four strokes on the entire field just from that that's hole insane. in yeah yeah unreal uh played incredibly well uh other names to mention is ezra robinson picking up oh man third or fourth top 10 of the season i think it's his third top 10 of the season he has five elite or major top 10s in his career the other two that aren't from this season are both at idlewild which is where we'll be next week so uh keep an eye on ezra robinson playing better than his brother isaac robinson who just took the number two spot in, in pro tour standings but finished nick uh, lower down can low. you I mean, were you impressed with Ezra? Because I was blown away. I Again, skill yeah. level is like one thing, but to do it consistently at an elite mm -hmm. plus blew my mind in the woods of Northwoods. Yeah. Like, what did you think? And, well, I was going to say, because we, if you know who Ezra is as a player, you kind of think of him as this power player. We've seen him at the New World Complex and some other events where he has a little bit more room to showcase the big arm. And then also a solid putter. But then over at Northwood, being able to see him just cleanly peer those lines, make the upshots, make the putts where he needed to, yes. Very yeah. impressed to hold it all four rounds together, two of them being at Northwood Black. Incredible. Uh, I don't have any more stats to mention, but do want to uh, at least uh, list off Andrew Marweed getting uh, – actually, I, I do have a stat. His first top 10 of the season at Elite or Majors, getting a fifth place. Uh, Simon Lazak getting sixth place narrowly beating Casey White in seventh place. Uh, and Chris Dickerson um, had a little bit of a quiet year, finishes eighth with uh, James Proctor ninth and Adam Hammett's tenth. Uh, interesting enough, this has been uh, noticed by a few people, so we looked it up, but there was not a single tie within the top ten. Each person in the top ten had their own unique score. Uh, wasn't even a tie for tenth. Wasn't a tie of two people tied for ninth. No tie scores in the top ten. Uh it, it doesn't sound too crazy, but it's incredibly rare. Uh, I I got to look this up real quick, but I believe it's only the fourth time. Yeah, only the fourth time in MPO elite or major history 
that that has ever happened. Um, the first time 97 worlds, um, and then 2011 Pittsburgh flying disc open and then 2015 Aussie open. That's like, if, if you're thinking about like baseball and no hitters or immaculate innings, that's, I mean, I don't, they play a lot more games, of course. So there's a lot more opportunities that don't happen. Uh, but still not a single one since 2015 and only four since 1982. Uh, that's, that's nuts for such like a weird thing of, of no ties in the top 10. It's kind of wild because normally you see that even at your local event, you see a lot of ties. And then at the big stage, I mean, uh, some tournaments this year on the elite series, we've seen two or three people tied for second place or third place or whatever. And uh, so, yeah, that is a very interesting stat. I can't yeah. comment because uh, I was just texting with Cole. Sorry. <laughs> he's, he's been bombarded with media. Like, since yesterday's win and so he's like finishing up other interviews and he's like ah, i'm trying so he'll be on people probably about 15 minutes from now and we still have missy lined up as well so it's all going to be awesome perfect where are we at with the yeah. stats evan we didn't get to fpo right i'm about to okay you mentioned missy let's do it let's do it swing into uh her stats which uh, her sixth win of uh her career at elite a uh, major Elite major and silver events. Excuse me for uh, getting uh, nicked up by that. But that's her fourth elite win, with one of those being the tour championship. Uh, that big win. Uh, she also has a throw pink win, which isn't included in elite or major or silver, uh, but incredibly uh, a good win there. Almost a major, but not quite the technicality. Uh, she has two silver wins as well to round out the six. Um, I mean, she's been noted as big money, Missy, uh, <laughs> that nickname thrown it a lot lately. Uh, and it is uh, true. She has, um, if you look at high paychecks, uh, in the recent years, it's Kristen Tatar, it's Paige Pierce, and then Missy's consistently third, uh, right behind those two. Uh, if you look at average, uh, payout from elite and major wins, she's number one by a lot. Of course, a little bit inflated because of the tour championship win that paid out a lot of money and, uh, you know. People like Tatar and Pierce have a lot more wins that kind of round out that number, even if they get a tour championship. Uh, but she shows up for the big events. She won Ledgestone last year. Uh, she hadn't won a single PDGA event since then. Uh, Ledgestone was held a little bit later in August, so it wasn't a full year without a win, uh, but close to it. Gets it here, goes back to back. Uh, no Pierce, no Tatar in the field, but otherwise a pretty strong field, and she beat him pretty handily by four strokes. Uh, she looked great out there. Um, any thoughts about Missy before I move on to own? I think when she, she was on two courses that I don't think, you know, weren't outside of the realm of her game. So in the sense of sunset is on a golf course, but it's not a bomber of a golf course and Missy, it's not like she's not a super far thrower, but she's not who we consider that elite level distance that we've seen in the FPO, but her putting in her upshot game, her accuracy has always been, above average and i think finally be able to play in the woods at one course just northwood black the shorter layout of it and then going over to sunset she you know not like she had all the advantages but she definitely had the advantage of they're not playing you know something like the preserve where it's more of a distance golf course yeah i think sunset hills i've i've talked about it before but uh the kind of term called like curds or surds kind of has a, a few different pronunciations, but it's circle one in regulations distance per shot. So it's a way to tell how far you need to throw 
on each throw. So if a course has more par fours, the distance can be higher or even par fives. Distance can be higher. It's kind of hard to compare to like a par three course that might be only 5,000 feet. Um, so if you use this, it kind of uh, factors in what the par is going to be and then how far you need to throw to get a birdie putt. Uh, of course, for someone of my caliber, uh, landing on the edge of circle one doesn't mean a whole lot because you still have to make that 30 footer. I kind of need to be more like 20 feet. Uh, but for the pros, it's kind of a better indicator because two shots to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it kind of works out the best rather than just doing like total length divided by par other other ways like that. So using that metric, uh, Sunset Hills was, I, I think, around like the 10th longest of the year something like that uh top half kind of middle of the top half i guess you could say like 25th percentile or so so uh, one of the for uh, farther throwing ones but definitely not that kind of elite huge distance course that you need uh, and, and missy's no slouch for distance either she's not going to win any competitions but um it's not like she can't hang either uh, Owen Scoggins finishes second. Uh, she's coming off that silver win at Mid America, looking for her first elite or major victory in FPO. Has to wait another week, uh, but a few good opportunities coming up. Uh, that's her fifth podium of the year, one away from her uh, best from elite and major events in a season. Sarah Hokum uh, finishes tied on the podium with Ella Hansen. Uh, that's Sarah Hokum's first podium at elite and majors in FPO since last year's Champions Cup. Uh, it's been a little bit for Sarah. She's a pretty consistent player, uh, but was missing that podium for a bit and gets right back on uh, at uh, Bledgestone. And Ella Hansen also looking for the first win along with Owen and you know a few other names uh, right there in the thick of it too. Absolutely. Good recap. There was incredible play. There's a lot of storylines to talk about. We're, we're going to get to that. Um, People, and I'm stuttering here. I'm on medication now. <laughs> People in the chat still are like, hey, Ben can handle it. You know what? It's a Monday. I'll say it again. Sliced my thumb, maybe broke my ankle, and now intern Ben called out. The show must go on. Here we go. I want to give a shout out to our winner of this week, the 48-hour giveaway, OTR Disc Golf. If I'm not mistaken, that's a local to us. So thank you for subscribing, <laughs> OTR Disc Golf. If you hear this, someone hears this that knows him, have him reach out to us, he wins a prize. I think we said two discs and swag. Yeah, I think we're just going to throw in a nice little goodie bag. We're 150 away. Can't we just get it over with tonight, people? <laughs> I don't know how to do it except to say, it with the help of the live, maybe if everybody shared and said like, hey, would you just go subscribe? They're so close. Be that person. Mm-hmm. We could do it. We're so close. We're going to give away that $2,200 valued prize. We want to do that. We will do that. I know we're going to get there, but the sooner the better for everybody. Yeah. The event is five weeks away. And if we can get that giveaway going well before that, <laughs> that makes everything ideal for travel and everything like that. Like, so tell all your friends to subscribe. before, Right before the tournament. Hey, you won. I hope you can get your plane tickets out here. Yeah. okay um so cole will be on who knows when (laughs) no but hopefully he was lined up for a couple minutes from now but he's going to be a little bit late um i just let missy know we're about five minutes behind um so let's move into a not topic but a segment which we haven't named yet we have a few ideas but we want the chats input we want the youtube comments input 
this was where I mentioned each week after we do our picks for winning, I started this idea. I think it's fun. It says, who do you think is going to play the highest above their event average for this year? So how they've been playing this season on tour. And then we say at this event, how are they going to play? How Who's going to play the highest above? What do we call that? I know, Ben, uh, Nick, what did you say? The, what the, did I say? You said yeah. something like the pop-off player yeah. or something. Oh, yeah. Pop. Oh, pop. Was it? Pop-off yeah, pop player. Off. Pop. Yeah, pop-off player. That's what I was yeah, saying. Yeah, but I, it could I, just be pop-off player. I got pop to cut you off. I got to cut you off really quick just because we got two Super Chats oh. from my buddy Cody. Bradshaw, shout out to Cody. He just won the tournament that we are all at. He wanted me to let you all know that on hole 13, it's a par four, and I threw a forehand and <laughs> threw it pretty well. And I had a telephone pole and a telephone pole wire, yep. probably about 70 feet in front of me, maybe 60, 70 feet in and front of me. And you split it. I was already, I was already having kind of a lackluster round. And so I was like, you know what? It's a double Mando for me. I'm going to try to go through it. And I uh, slipped up a little bit and I smoked the telephone wire. So I probably only threw my disc about 60 feet, got oh. up and down for par, but I know Cody wants I thought you were going to say you split the disc like whoop. No, I would have been really bummed about that because it's a new buzz that I've been working in. And uh, anyways, he did super chat four dollars by so raise of hands. Oof. Yeah, four dollars. Thank you. By <laughs> that's that's like a lot of his winnings by raise of hands. <laughs> <laughs> he won a grand. Okay, like, so that's a small yeah, percentage. Yeah. <laughs> by raise like, of hands, shoot. how many people have hit utility lines? You know, power lines, telephone wires, like in your throws. I've done it. Uh, in fact, I've stuck it somehow. Stuck it in the wires, like mid span. There was like wires wrapped together and I like split them. My disc stayed up there. Ooh. So, yeah, I, I've had a deflection actually. Yeah. Quick side. Another track. side note. Yeah. My, my favorite local course, which is in uh, just over the uh, border into Brattleboro, Vermont hole two, one of the most iconic holes, maybe the second most iconic hole there. You throw in power lines. You just like can see like four stuck up in there at any time. Uh, and you know, it's not like you have to try to miss it. You should miss it. But then on the off chance, he hit it and there's just a bunch up there. And so you guys have to come out there sometime, but we have a lot of courses we need to play. And yeah. uh, I don't know if that one's the highest on the list. There's so too many. One day, maybe. There's too many. But yeah. so what do we call this? So pop off player, actually the acronym is pop. Who's the pop player? We could say our pop off player. That's fine. And then uh, that again, someone else said here in the chat, most improved. Well, you could go that route, but it would be maybe only at this event. So we're looking specifically like at this event we're talking about who played the highest above their average. Uh, what was yours, Evan? Your idea? My, mine was BOA, best above average, a little acronym for that. Best but I like pop off player average. too. Uh, because that's pop. it feels like it's the pop, pop off. Pop and BOA. Yeah, they yeah, can, I, can I just say the pop off players of the week? Well, yeah. that's what you yeah, would do if you're recapping it. So I guess, yeah, I mean, we're picking the pop off player. So. I, I think it should just be a vote between Pop and Boa. Okay. And I kind of feel like Pop's going to win, so I don't know. <laughs> we'll let the chat. I can't put in the poll. I'm not intern, Ben. Engage with your audience button. Start a Q&A. Start a poll. Here I don't go. know. People people yeah. can just. Oh, okay. Here we go. No, you can, you can do it. So we picked last week. Good. All of us picked. And Evan's going to give us the recap, and I'll put the poll up. Yeah. All right. Let me uh, just pull it up real quick. If you guys are watching live, it's on a different screen. It's a little I really higher, hope so I, I won. looking up. Uh, well, I'll tell you this. You didn't lose. Uh, and by lose, I mean, come in last, uh, cause that is saved for Ben. Uh, we were, the rest of us were all positive. Ben was negative 56 points. 
Uh, he picked Stacy Ronsley and Shilas Schultz. Schultz. Stacy Ronsley, solid pick. She finished 12th. Her average is 17th. He got five points there uh, and change. I'm just going to round to uh, make it simple. Uh, he picked Silas Schultz, though, who on the season's averaging 27th, which is way better than any of the other ones we picked. Uh, and he finished 89th here. So he got negative 62 points from that pick, giving him big a oof. big whopping negative. Uh, all the love to Shilas. Get him next tournament. Uh, but Ben, bad pick. Uh <laughs> Going into third place, we have Nick, who uh, finished positive, but seven points. Picked Austin Hanum and Alexis Mandahanu. And Austin uh, started so well. He sure did. Uh, <laughs> yeah, listen to him. this. Austin's uh, average finish on the year is 45th. Uh, that's actually the second best, but uh, well behind Schultz. Uh, he finished 45th. So you, you technically got 0.07 points because it's a little bit higher as average. He was but. in 16th place after round one. And I was like, that's my guy. Let's go. But no, and, uh, finish yeah. zero. Uh, yeah. But Alexis Mandahano, great pick. She's uh-huh. averaging 17th on the year. You get uh, She finished 10th. You get seven points. Uh, that was the second best FPO pick of the week. We'll take it. Um, and then we got one and two. Uh, it's either Matt or I. I'm going to start with the leader just to make it a little bit more exciting. Then I'll get to uh, number two after the winner of the first edition of the pop slash boa slash TB. It was name. decided. It's pop. Pop it's off pop. player. I like it. It's pop. 85% I like it. of the chat. All right. The winner of the first uh, legit pop iteration. Uh, correctly calculated uh, pop is Matt. Let's I go. Was a little bit early. I didn't know you were playing music. It was uh, so cool. I did it. Matt, yeah, you picked Holly Finley and Greg Barsby. Holly Finley, averaging 19th, finished 8th, giving you 11 points. That was the best FBO pick of the week. And then you picked Greg Barsby, who's averaging uh, 54th on the season, and he finished 19th. That gets you 35 points, which is the second best MPO pick on the week. Uh, but then, of wait, course, the last name. Wait, second best out of our picks, or you can actually see like all players. No, our, just our picks. That I, would be crazy I, if you could do that. Like, <laughs> I could, I could do that too. It wouldn't take me too long, but uh, probably not on this show. I can do it for next week. Yeah, for next um, week because that would tell you the legit pop off player, like of everybody. Yeah, we'd have to have probably some like minimum requirements. Okay. Like, we'll do that. You know, Statman will get the on one. It. Yeah, the one person who played one event prior oh, and finished like a hundredth. And then, yeah, so very cool. But it, well, I'm, I'm privileged and honored here on the Nick and Matt show to receive this award. There you go. Uh, and then at least covering my picks because I had the best, mm-hmm. I had the most total points from a single player. Um, because I had Casey White finish seventh and he's averaging 61st on the year. That was he was the worst player that we that we picked this yeah. week. Uh, <laughs> yeah. no, sorry, worst average. I don't want to say he's the worst player. Uh, when he listens back to this, he's like, no, I'm. Schultz, um, <laughs> but he he was he finished seventh and the rest of them finished worse so i got mm-hmm. uh 54 points from casey white but while having the best mpo player i had the uh least amount of points i was the only player to go person to go negative with the fpo pick deanne carrie uh that hurt she's averaging 19th on the season and finished 35th so 35th. negative 16 points for me there um I, I finished with 37.5 points. Matt finished with uh, 46. So wow. One by a good margin. <clears throat> now, but uh, Matt and I were kind of in our own island. And 
you so, know, Nick, you were in the middle and Ben was way behind. As I was thinking about the pain in my ankle and celebrating my win, I, f- I missed how many points. We're just about to get Cole in here. I missed how many points did Nick get? Nick got 7.17. Okay. I did a scale and I did less than zero, zero to 15, 15 to 20, 20, 30, 30, 40, 40 plus. And here's what you get, Nick. Not, not a bad pick. Not a bad pick. That's what you get as an attaboy. How many did uh, Ben All get? Negative right. 56.38. Oh, he, he got the, hey, try it again next time. <laughs> and what'd you get? Yeah. Uh, 37.5. You got a gold star. And nice. I got what? 40 something? 46.20. I got the highest on my scale. It's incredible. You should be proud. So I am. <laughs> nice. Incredible, Matt. You should be you proud. Should be proud. There you go. I am. All right. Wonderful. Well, I can hear the audio of Cole, but I can also see that he's not quite ready yet. Okay, he's ready. All right. So what we're going to do uh, is I'm going to hit a few buttons and we're going to try to bring him in. I think he's okay. His phone might have fell down. Let's see here. Let's bring him in. However, he is. It's fine. Three, two, one. Everybody, let's welcome to the show, Cole Radolin. Welcome, welcome back to the show, Cole. Yeah, let's say welcome back. Yeah, let me do this. Boom. There we go. Make it look better for him. Cole, I've known you for a while in the disc golf scene, and it's just by chance that I shared a video of you from back when you were in the 15 and under at United States Junior Disc Golf Championship just this week. I know you saw it because you commented, you said something like, oh boy. But then you just went on to win your first ever higher than a B tier, and it's an elite plus at extremely hard course with extremely tough competition. How does that leave you feeling, dude? <laughs> Speechless. An A tier or a silver series or an elite series yet. <laughs> Um, that I don't know how I even did it. I just like at four rounds on two extremely challenging tracks that challenge both sides of the game. It's something that I didn't really think was possible for me yet. And especially being in the position that I was in, like I'd never been in that position before. Um, and so just so much new territory, but to be able to pull through is yeah, absolutely incredible. Okay. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I don't know whose fault this is, but it always seems like the AirPods. I think it's the AirPods. If you can close out of the browser you're in, like just take the AirPods out, close out of the browser and go in without AirPods, like get get back into this link I sent you without AirPods and we'll just go without them. It should work better. Okay, let's do, let's bring, let's bring Cole back in. All right, let's bring him back in. But we can actually get his opinion on this too, but we'll get it towards the end of the interview. I think we can hear you now, right, Cole? Yeah, I'm sure you can. I messed yep, up a lot better than before. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize for that. It's always frustrating, I know, to be in that situation. But so you were saying that your win, it was just awesome. I heard you talking about it to do it at this level was fantastic. Uh, I don't know, man. You're How old are you now? 18. 18. People Wild. talk about your maturity. And I, I've always thought that was interesting to if you were that person hearing people talk about your maturity level. So for whatever that's worth, I don't know how it feels for you. Um, we can ask that. How does that feel to hear people talk about your maturity level? Do you feel funny about that? I appreciate it. I think it's more of a testament to my parents maybe than me because okay. they're the ones that, that raised me and gave me all that knowledge of, you know, how to talk or whatever. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 give, that, I give that to them, but no, I, I just think I am who I am. And so if, if, I, if that comes across as very mature for people, then 
Awesome. Great. I, I want to be that way. I want to be respectful. So yeah. there you go. It's a mature answer. <laughs> so let's take it over. Did you have any doubts during this tournament? Doubts where you thought, man, I'm not going to be able to hold on to this or I'm not going to be able to. How about every single hole of round three and like even possibly round four of nervousness and doubts and like, I'm not cut out for this. Like I shouldn't be in this position. Like, yeah, that all went through my head. I know I looked like I was unfazed final day, but that's the game face you have to have. So. Well, talk to us about, you know, what, what did it take to overcome those nerves, jitters, anything like that? What, what, was it that allowed you to just kind of push through all those things? Yeah, I think it was, um, I think it was just recognizing that there's, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge believer in, in Jesus. There's something greater in life. And that's something that I always like try to keep at the forefront of my mind, whether I'm playing good or bad rounds, just there's something greater I'm playing for. And that's, that doesn't, that doesn't mean whether I win the tournament, whether I lose the tournament, you know, I don't, I don't feel like I lose that often just because I'm, I'm playing for a greater purpose. But um, yeah, I, I just think that it was a lot of like deep breaths and, and just prayer. Like anytime I felt overly anxious about a shot, I just like close my eyes for a second, like say like a two second prayer and then be like, all right, here we go. I'm going to execute this next shot. Um, and then my caddy was super helpful about that too. Evan, he's amazing. Um, he's one of our chaplains that goes on tour with us. And um, yeah, he was just awesome. Helped me keep me in a positive mindset. And, uh, yeah, it was just really important for me to, um, keep my focus on something else, something greater than disc golf. And also just taking a lot of those deep breaths, a lot of those deep breaths were really helpful. That's something Corey Ellis and Eagle McMahon were definitely talking about with, for me before the round was take many deep breaths before, even before every single shot, like take the time that you need to take and then execute the shot calmly and smoothly and whatever you needed to do to be, to be successful. So, yeah. Uh First of all, yes, Corey Ellis did talk to us about that as well, that breathing was a big deal for him out at the European Open. And for you to talk about how Jesus is important to you, there are a lot of players who do that. I feel like it's real for you, and I feel like when you talk about it, I'm interested to know more. Um, so my question comes as in, this is kind of an interesting, touchy topic, but do you feel like it's a strategy that others should implement whether they pick jesus or not to think about something bigger than what they're doing like how does that work for you sure yeah i mean i i think at the end of the day like a trophy shouldn't define who you are as a person and who you are in life in general you know whether you're a believer in in christ with me or or whether you're you know somewhere else in life and in, in your in your direction in life i just think it's important to maybe think a little bit more outside the box like if i don't win this tournament i'm gonna be a joke like nobody's nobody's gonna like me i'm just gonna be hated for the rest of my life and like putting too much pressure on your own self-worth uh during a tournament it, i just think it's i just think that's that's uh that's foolish that's too much pressure on yourself and nobody can live up to that kind of pressure and so um honestly yeah i mean it can turn into a strategy but you know whatever whatever works whatever works for you personally, it, it works for me personally. And, and it's what I believe. And, you know, for anybody else who has their own ideals and what they believe, then awesome. Good on them. Like I'm, I'm not here to, you know, so yeah, that's just, that's my opinion. Mm -hmm. Cool. I'm glad you shared that with us. And I've shared on this show a few times and over the years, I guess it's been three years now. I am a believer in Christ as well. And then people leave comments. Oh, it all makes sense now. 
<laughs> and I'm like, either way, I guess, good or bad, it makes sense yeah. to them. But uh, congratulations on the win, uh, Cole. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, I brought up, and but when the audio issues were here, I got to know you a little bit at the United States Junior Disc Golf Championship at Smuggler's Notch, and I just posted that video. And so you've been playing disc golf a while, and I think I saw somebody in your family today post a video of you uh, even at a younger age. So like, when did you start disc golfing? You're 18 now. So how long have you been playing? I've been playing since August of 2015. So it's been pretty much eight years now. Yeah. Eight years. <laughs> Nick, how long have you been playing? 10. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. 2013, 2014 is when you introduced me to it and a couple of years off here and there, but, uh, yeah, for the most part, probably about 10. That's a, that's a pretty fast trajectory, Cole. Um, you talked in an interview, this was a long event. Did you say it in one of these interviews? I think you did at this event. You talked about more or less, everyone talks about a process, but you just kind of said, hey, not rushing it, just playing it. Like that was at this event, I think, mid-tournament. Mid um, and then you Absolutely. took it Then you took it down. So like you you arrived, you didn't rush it, but now you're here. What are you, what are you thinking next? Same exact mindset or now do you feel like the chip's off my shoulder, now I'm rushing it? <laughs> um. I think it definitely brings a huge weight off your shoulders once you get that first win because then you're like, okay, I've done it. You know, I officially prove it, proven it to myself, proven it to the world. Um, now I can go out there and, and do my job with all the confidence in the world um, that I belong, that I belong there in that situation and that I can come out on top. Um, but honestly, yeah, that was my mindset for so many events, even if I was on lead card, whether I was in the lead, behind the lead is, you know, I'm not. I don't feel like I'm on my own timing. Uh, and so I'm just, I'm just out there trying to do my job and, and, uh, and yeah, I just, I think being hasty and, and, and um, trying to rush stuff is only going to hurt you and it's only going to put more pressure on you. I think if, if you can just not worry about it and just wait for it to come rather than trying to rush it, you're just going to, just going to be so frustrated all the time. So that's my biggest thing is trying to, stay positive and take the losses as a learning opportunity. Um, I've always been huge on that. It's like, how can I learn today? Not how can I win today? Mm. And I think sometimes winning can come in ways of learning um, or learning can come in ways of winning as well. Um, both of them can be put together. You don't always have to lose to learn. So um, yeah, I just think for me, it's always been about learning and giving myself the opportunities to do that and gain more experience. Yeah. You're, you're demonstrating all of that and more. Um, People want to know in the chat, shout out to Overthrow Disc Golf specifically. What are your other sports backgrounds? You started this at age 10 or around there. Like, did you do anything else during these years or before that? Yeah, I played a lot of basketball and uh, I think I stopped playing soccer by that time. No, no, I was still playing soccer. I was playing soccer for a while and basketball. And uh, then I stopped playing soccer. I started to play a little more competitive soccer. And those kids were just more competitive in soccer than I wanted to be. We'll just say that. Um, and so I ended up quitting soccer and playing more basketball. And then I played basketball all throughout middle school for a local private school. And um, after that, I wasn't able to play for that school anymore because the high school wouldn't let me play for them. Uh, because I was homeschooled. I didn't go to the high school. So I, after that, I just put all my 
eggs in one basket. I just put it all in disc golf. So yeah, I love, absolutely love basketball. It's my second sporting love. Even after I won the tournament, me and my friend Ty Love and uh, our friend Bronson Wall, we all went back to the campground and played some basketball on the basketball court. It's like, I love breaking a sweat. I love doing that. And um, that's definitely my, my second passion for a sport. Awesome. Nice. What do you got, Nick? Nothing? No, I, I mean, I want to talk a little bit of disc golf right now and actually talk about the round. Uh, tying the course record twice during the same event, once over at Northwood Black and then once over at Eureka. And I kind of want to talk about Eureka's a little bit more because Calvin Heimberg was also on a really solid pace going through those first 12, 13 holes. Are you checking U-Disc during your round to see what other people are doing? No, I told myself I wasn't going to check U-Disc. Well, that's actually one of the things Eagle talked to me about was like, I was like, how often do you check scores during a final round? He's like, I do not check scores until maybe the 16th CFAD, just mm -hmm. see if I need to do anything. But he's like, most of the time, you're going to know what's going on. You're going to know what's going on uh, with the players surrounding you on your card. Um, you're going to be pretty aware, uh, regardless of whether you need to check the scores or not. Um, the only thing I was worried about was, yes, there were still two other players on the chase card that were tied with the three other people on my lead card. Mm -hmm. um, so that made it pretty difficult to not want to check score because um, I want to definitely see how Calvin and Ezra were doing. Um, and then once, so I, so yeah, I, at that point I was just trying to stay in my own zone and no, I was not checking UDISC. The first time I checked UDISC was hole 10 or hole 18 after I threw my upshot. I wanted <laughs> okay. to know how much I was going to win by. <laughs> so <laughs> nice. There you go. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty awesome. savage comment. <laughs> Let's go. Awesome. Dude, Evan, you got anything? Uh, I was going to say, what what is special about Ledgestone? That was your first top 10 uh, at Elite or Major event, and now it's your first win. Uh, do you feel like anything plays well? Are you comfortable there? I mean, it's on the other side of the country from where you're from. Uh, what's going on there that, that works for you? Um, it's a lot of golf. Uh, there's not, I'd say that, I don't know, there's not a lot of par fours where it's like if you bomb it, you can have a jump putt as an approach or like get super aggressive for the eagle or get like super like yeah there's no holes you can get super aggressive for the eagle or like par threes that like aren't terribly dangering um that you can really pretty get most get most of the par threes so um yeah i think it was just about playing solid golf and oregon yeah, I've, that's where i've been playing um, ever since I started playing and they have a lot of good elevation courses. They have a lot of wooded courses. They have a lot of open courses like blue Lake played blue Lake a lot. Um, in Portland area, I uh, played Milo McIver, you know, Hornings hideout. There's so many lo local courses that kind of compare in certain ways to Northwoods and Eureka, um, that have helped me just, you know, throw those hyzers in the landing zones that I need to land them in or throw those turnovers or throw the high turnover, throw the low hyzer, you know, just like all of these different angles that I've, complied or thrown into my game uh that i've been working on for so long and then also just a lot of a lot of field work during the offices so i think it's for me it's less about being better in the opener of the woods but just about being the better golfer because that's what that's what you have to be um and yeah i've also i did have a breakout performance in 2021 last year i won a redemption because that final round was canceled in 2021 so 2022 i was like five down through 12 having a solid first round bogey free and then i smacked out a 13 in the middle of that scorecard and i remember uh, that yeah and so i um 
yeah, it basically just threw me out of the tournament. And like once you're even par through the first round and like 12 back, whatever the lead was last year, um, you're not really in the tournament anymore. And then Northwoods Black, when you're trying to make up ground, just becomes absolutely impossible. So last year I ended up missing the cut and not even playing the final round. So the first round this year was actually the first time I went back and played hole 13 since I took a 13 the year before, um, which I ended up taking a par on at round one because I threw it in the same bush I did last year. I was so nervous. It was ridiculous. Um, but thankfully, I got through it with a par and not uh, another 13. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, I'm just refreshing his clip because he was gone. He was getting a little funky again. May or may not be fine. I don't know. But... As we get ready to wrap this up, we know you've been busy with interviews and other media requests, and we appreciate so much that you chose to come on our show. We had you before you were a winner. We're glad to have you as a winner. Now, Worlds is coming up, and I know, as I mentioned, we have video of you saying that you loved Fox Run. That was back when you were 15. How are you having dreams and visions coming to Worlds here in just a few weeks after a win like this, did your expectation get higher or is it just plateaued the same? And you're like, I'm glad it worlds is at smugs. I guess, I guess it's true. Like, I mean, you know, Fox run has those similar like Eureka vibes and then the Brewster has similar Northwood vibes. Um, I definitely think Fox run and Northwood are probably maybe not Fox run easier than Eureka. I'd, I'd probably put Eureka easier than Fox run. Uh, or maybe it's just cause I play Eureka better. Um, but definitely definitely Brewster is, is a bit easier than Northwood um but yeah I just think I've been I've been really fine-tuning my game uh, a lot this season it's been like kind of all over the place um with with form tweaks and, and adjustments to help things come out a little bit smoother a little bit more consistent especially on the putting green as well so but yeah no I'm I'm excited that it's a smugs and um yeah I just, as long as I keep having a well-rounded game I'm not going into any other tournament with any more expectation even after this win it's just about when those opportunities come and how I handle it so I got one last question for you Cole you were talking about whether you're winning or not you're learning something from an event what did you learn from this event um I learned that even if you take two bogeys, you can still win the tournament. Two consecutive bogeys, you can still win the tournament. All right. There you go. I think, I, I think that was a big, probably one of the biggest moments of the tournament for me was when I was up five and I bogeyed 14 and 15 back to back on Northwood. Mm -hmm. um, can you guys still hear me okay? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so I, bird, I bogeyed 14 and 15 back to back and then laced the drive on 16 and missed that short putt. And now I was just like deflated because I had five strokes and then I just went two over through the last three holes. And then I hit that drive on 17 pure and parked it and had a drop in birdie um, and was able to finish that round strong and still had four on a Sunday. So yeah, I think if there's anything I learned was that it's okay to make mistakes and there's still, still ways to come out on top. And, uh, and yeah, a lot of deep breaths. <laughs> there you go. Well, we do appreciate, as I mentioned, your time very much. You're going to be coming through our neck of the woods uh, not too far from now either, as I'm sure you're going to be playing the playoff event at Maple Hill, and we will look forward to seeing you there. Um, yeah, there's a week in between Worlds and MVP Open. Do you know what you're doing yet? Are you flying home? Um, I don't think so. Okay. I, I, oh, there's this, there's this camp that Eagles Wings golf, there's this camp that Eagles Wings disc golf has invited a bunch of the players to. 
So I think we're going to go to that camp and maybe play some disc golf there. They have a disc golf course, basketball court. Like they're going to feed us for the week. So I think I think it's going to be like a little camp vacation for a lot of us players that was set up. And it's I think it'll be really fun. I I'm I'm pretty sure I'm going to be doing that. So awesome. Yeah. If it fits into your schedule at the end of that week, I have a backyard tournament barbecue. So I'll send you an invite. And if it works out, great. If not, I guess I'll beat you another day. All right. All right, Cole. We really appreciate your time. Have a good evening. Get some rest and enjoy the win, my man. Hey, real quick for Evan. Yes. Um, first at first at Mando. Um, I need you to check on my course. Okay, I actually need an, I need your guys' opinion. Is it a course record only if you own it solo, or is could it be considered a course record if it's tied with somebody? Yeah, you, you own a part of it, in my opinion. So it's like you have it either way. You can clarify right. it if it's a solo or shared. But yeah, you have you have right. the course record. You own it. You you own it with Kelvin. It's not like a tied win where there's asterisks. It's like right. I think it's a little bit okay. more legit. I think okay. It's well, a, I yeah. want I want I don't know I don't know if this is known, but I think with the tied course record on Eureka, I have four tied course records on tour and two solo ones. Wow. So. I have six total that I don't think people have been really keeping track, but I've been keeping track. So if y'all are interested in that, man, though, you can do the research, but I'm pretty sure that uh, that's also something I'm kind of proud of. Like I know course records, like they're going to be broken eventually, but um, that's definitely something like to, to prove to myself, that I'm able to put those birdies consecutively together and score those hot rounds. That's kind of a huge part for me. So uh, yeah, that's, that's just something that I've kept track of. So we can keep track of the pop-off player. We just started a new stat over here. Pop-off player of the event. Maybe we'll pick you sometime because it sounds like you can do it. But the problem is you average so high at your event finishes that the way the pop-off player works is we have to pick someone who's going to place higher than their average by the most. So the higher that player gets up the line, it's hard for them to have a great, you know, above average performance. So. Anyways, I'm glad you used Stat Mando there. You're always welcome to reach out anytime through us or directly to Stat Mando for anything like that, I'm sure. And, well, we're not closing the show down. No, we're not yeah, doing a new show. Hold on. Oh, my goodness, Matt. Yeah. We need Ben. Yeah, my ankle's we, killing yeah, me. We need Ben back. <laughs> All right. Cole, thank you so much. Yeah. Rest up this week. You got Idlewild's coming. How do you feel going into Idlewild? Uh, I'm going to soak it in, and I'm just going to compete like I did last week. But, hey, if I don't win, then that's fine because right. I won last week. So. I hear you. You <laughs> won the right. big one, the Elite Plus event. Cole, take it easy, buddy. Yep. Thank you for joining us. All right. Bye. Thank you. Peace. Okay. Yeah. You know, audio issues happen, and I don't know why, but it seems like AirPods are t- – I'm starting to, like, take notes on every time a guest has audio issues, and I think that's one of them. But yeah. That's weird if that's the case. But we do have in our green room. I've, I'm always privileged and happy to have her here. And it's been, we got to keep track of who's been on our show the most. But I think I'm going to take a wager here that it's been Missy Gannon a few times. So let's just get to it right now. Missy Gannon, everybody. She just took down a big one. Oh, now it says Cole. Hold on. Sit tight, everybody. I know what I'm doing. Boom. Yeah, there we Missy go. Gannon. In all seriousness, intern Ben, where are you? My ankle's hurting and you're not here to push the buttons. Missy, this is a big one. I Every time we have you, not every time, but a lot of times we have you on, it's after a win. And then I go like, where does this rank? And you had throw pink and all these other things. Like, where does this one rank? It's an elite plus and it was great competition. How do you feel with this one? 
um yeah i think it's uh it, it ranks pretty high i don't really know where it ranks among all the rest but i think for the fact that it's back to back it's one of the higher ones yeah so gotcha. really quick i fixed it nick so you got it okay yeah, so all right never mind in all seriousness our guests are great tonight i i told missy before i got on i'm like i nearly i i maybe i did break my ankle i'm all messed up intern ben's not here and i was laying on the floor a half hour before we came on missy in pain so i apologize for this disruption but i think i tried different settings and i think her audio sounds great she was muted for a bit but i think i think i might have figured something out and i'll share it with intern ben next week so this is a big win is pretty much how you're summarizing it yes yeah um evan i want to ask just really quick um back to back you were talking about here at the ledgestone course our tournament and we were talking about the courses earlier sunset is not the longest golf course that a lot of the players play throughout the year but then you also have northwood black which is one of the most difficult wooded courses where and why are you finding success on both of these courses I don't really know how to answer that question. I think it's more just the experience that okay. I have on both courses. Um, you know, Northwood has evolved over the years. I've been mm -hmm. coming to Ledgestone since 2018. Um, it's one of my, I think in 2018, it was my first ever lead card appearance. And that was my okay. first half a year on tour. So I think it's just, some, I think it's just good vibes and awesome memories. And I, I uh, you know, I, I throw, Heisers really well, which are what's required on pretty much all of Sunset. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, I pride myself on being a pretty decent woods golfer. So now that uh, we've had a second chance at Northwood Black in, in this specific layout, um, you know, I had success last year there. And, um, you know, I was able to kind of apply my knowledge and my experience um, this year as well. Mm -hmm. So, you win on a consistent basis. What is that consistency to you? I mean, it feels like you're you're winning enough that you're in the conversation. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, uh, Evan. You uh, who, did intern Ben picked Missy, right? Is that what we had on stats for this week, Evan? Oh, I couldn't remember? remember. I did the pop off picks. <laughs> somebody picked big money Missy, is what they said. That wasn't even that was that was somebody here. Yeah, so, I think it was bad. So it was a pick for you. So people will pick you. I apologize that I did not. <laughs> people will pick Your you. Your loss, so, really. Yeah, exactly. It is my loss. It's the <laughs> it's a pride thing here on the show. So you're in the conversation like always. Like, where do you see yourself in the conversation of FPO talent right now? Like, if I ask, this is a mean question, but if I ask you to rank yourself, like, <laughs> how would you do it according to the talent that's there right now? I think it's funny. I think like uh, I saw a comment somewhere um, recently that was like a, that said something like a lot of people seem to be sleeping on Missy, even though she seems to be having one of the most consistent seasons of her career, which is true um, as far as the consistency of my career. I think a lot of people that are involved in like those fantasy drafts and stuff like that, they might be more aware of that fact um and i think that i am a really safe pick when it comes to like draft style um you know picks but uh yeah i mean uh, i i mean i i think i think before this weekend i had said um to somebody that i feel like i'm the most consistent player on tour without a win mm -hmm. um 
And I, I don't think that's very far off from the truth. Obviously, Kristen's very consistent. Even Owen Scoggins, who did end up taking some time off of the uh, of the Disc Golf Pro Tour just the last few weeks um, to do some Masters events and stuff like that. She's also very consistent. But I think that um, for uh, just the people like me who have played all of the Elite Series events, pretty much all of them, um, or Disc Golf Pro Tour events, um, you know, I, I can confidently say that I'm the... Uh, I mean, now I am the second uh, ranked person on the on the Disc Golf Pro Tour. And, um, you know, I think that that just speaks to my consistency uh, so far this year. Well, Matt, you'll, you'll want to hear this. So let me hop in with a few stats. So for, first off, your average rating uh, on the year uh, is the best of your career, averaging a 973.5. That's including Ledgestone. Uh, last year was your second best at 968. So mm -hmm. up five points there to be your best uh, yet again. Your average place is under sixth place. That's the best of your career. Uh, your, um, you picked up a win. You're still behind 2021 where you had two wins, including the tour championship. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's a, a great season, of course. But podium percentage is the highest of your career at 43%. Your top 10 percentage is the highest of your career at 86%. Mm -hmm. uh, so I do think the numbers back that up, uh, th that you've been improving and it's a great season. Absolutely. So your putting when you're the chat talks about it. I mean, when your putting is on, which seems like most of the time, it's incredible to watch. And people talk about mm -hmm. own a lot, but your putting is fantastic. It, when your putting is on, is it easy? And when it's off, what's happening? Like, why? That's an interesting question. Maybe I don't know. Give us an answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that uh, I think an off day on the putting green for me is like not getting multiple like circ like big circle two putts um you know i'm pretty consistent inside the circle yeah i've i've had a few that um you know a few a few rounds that maybe were like 65% or something like that and that's to me a very terrible putting round um but for the most part i feel like i'm i'm usually within like the 85 to or above uh range on 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 the yeah for the most part um i think it's like the yeah the times where i feel like i'm so close on like those bigger circle two makes and i i'm not get capitalizing on those um i feel like those are the ones that kind of separate the top putters like like own like myself like kristen from the rest of the field is being able to capitalize on those 38 to 45 to even those you know 60 footers um you know we're no strangers to those but um yeah, I, I don't try to think about putting too much. Um, you know, I think that if you dive too deep into a bad putting day, um, you know, you just I don't, it could throw you throw you off more than you already felt like you were off that day. And sometimes it's just not your day. Um, so yeah, I I, I, I don't I try, I try not to harp on it too much. Why are you laughing? <laughs> I am laughing because of our love for intern Ben. And what you're saying, I'm like, I hope he's listening right now, wherever he's camping, because he is the first to like text us after a missed putt in a tournament. He'll text us. He'll be like, well, and I'm like, oh, no, you're in your head so much, dude. Yeah. Like, it's not going to get better. So when you say we'll that, get like three paragraphs, wonderful yeah. coaching, wonderful yeah. coaching. Uh, cool. Definitely need to take um, that one. So something about this event as well. Ledgestone is you are a Ledgestone sponsored and Discraft sponsored player. Mm -hmm. Now, having sponsorships throughout the touring year, 
does this kind of feel like more at home for you? This is where Ledgestone is based out of. Do you feel this extra kind of camaraderie with all the Discraft people are there? It's very, very huge disc golf event. Do you feel just a little bit more at home with an event like this than you do other events? Yeah, I sub I, I assume so. I might be slightly um, you know, maybe subconsciously, but mm -hmm. because I mean there's a lot of um we have a lot of obligations too for for uh for those types of events. Um, you know, I had a lot of media things that I had to do, uh, some signings and so that could add some stress, but for me it's um it's really cool to be able to have those interactions with fans and ultimately, you know, they're they're supporting me and they're buying these special releases that are coming out. And, and so it, it probably does give me like a boost of endorphins um, and excitement to be able to show up and um, perform well in front of the crowd that's is treating me so well. Um, and so, yeah, I, I bet there is some some form of like you know, excitement and, and, um, you know, yeah, camaraderie, uh, you know, Bob and Mike from Discraft were there and obviously Nate Heinold and all the whole Ledgestone crew really making us feel, um, you know, feel like rock stars. And, um, you know, that always feels good going into an event. Um, and yeah, that's, that's likely yeah. what, what happened there. Okay. What do you think about, the, the topic of conversation. Now, this could be sensitive because you're on Team Ledstone and all this other thing, but co the competition on at Eureka Temp, I think the difficulty level, you guys don't play Eureka Temp, do you? Mm -hmm. Dang it. Why am I going down that road? We asked Cole this question. <laughs> Let, we'll ask, let's ask your perspective anyways. Park course. Uh, Sunset is is a golf course. I got to play there earlier this year, and I I loved it. It was, I watched you guys shred it. I'm like, Haha, I didn't even come close, but I thought the course venue was really cool. It's private, mm -hmm. but it's, it's a golf course, but it's great. Eureka, you, people talk about playing over fences and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So you're not a competitor there at that event, although I'm sure you've seen it and they've done parties there. Does it feel like a great venue for disc golf at this level of competition? Or do you feel like it doesn't seem right? You were there on the ground with it. What do you think? Yeah, I, I feel like the with the exception of like the baseball field hole, like the rest of the course is pretty cool. Like I think that there are some shots. I've never played the course. I have been there and I've seen the holes and like you said, but um, you know, I think about holes like, you know, hole hole two and that that seems like a really challenging hole. Again, I don't know, I haven't played it, but you know, it it's a it's a um, you know, extreme dog leg right along the water with OB all along the left and the right side and um you know, and then you right after that you go to hole three, and it's a pretty much a tunnel. I know some people sometimes throw maybe a a, a forehand hyzer, mm -hmm. I think. Um, but yeah, I think that I think that the baseball field hole kind of just stands out so much that it feels like that's the course, but it's it's not really. And I mean, yeah, the the bridge hole is also kind of unique and weird um, too. But that's only you know two out of out of 18 holes. And I think that, um, I, unless I'm missing others that I, I can't really think of, I feel like those are the only water two tower kind of like, hole is out. really unique. Yeah, yep. it totally is. Totally is. And I mean, yeah, again, that, that I, yeah. But what's your At perspective? Day, so, so yeah. like just steering it a little bit differently, like we're going to talk about this after you're gone too, but like, what's the perspective of pro disc golf in that? Do you feel like, and I'm not looking for you to defend or anything else. This is your feeling like mm -hmm. where pro disc golf is at. 
can that work? Like having it, like people see it, like it's, I think it's dressed up, but like, what do you think it works like to see that? Uh, you know, I, I, I assume I mean, we talk about this with sunset too, honestly, um, even though it's a golf course and it's a little different, um, you know, it seems like, it seems like both those courses and, and, and Eureka are like shreddable and you can score really low and there's some like, like those kind of weird, odd features in a park like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's, it's hard to say. I mean, we're growing so fast that it's like venues are just going to kind of, they're going to get, they're going to get critiqued harder and harder as we continue to grow and continue to see people like Cole, like, like those young, the young guys that are coming up and just being able to, you know, shred every single course. And um, aesthetically, yeah, I, I don't think that some of those holes really look great. Um, but, you know, it's not the only course on tour that, people don't you know seem to have problems with you know so in, in that in that similar like context so yeah i don't know i guess in at the end of the day i don't really care there you go <laughs> that was that was her answer she <laughs> she doesn't really care at the end of the day one she's not playing that course two she makes money on any course that she plays just about i think your consistency does that yeah, yeah. uh so <laughs> it's a good day to walk off a course and make some money um yeah so what's Next, this is an elite plus. Uh, it's a major. I mean, did we? It's not a major. No, no. It's I'm talking about plus. like what's next. Like, is it is it mm. a major? As in, like, is that where we're going? Excuse for me. Here? Is yeah. it oh, sorry. Well, where I'm going? Because yeah. I know we talked about throw pink, and you were like, you know, it feels like it. But like, mm -hmm. if you were checking off boxes, is that what's next for you? You're like, I need one of those now. Yeah. Yeah. No. Definitely. I mean, I think that. Uh, it's like somebody, I, uh, yeah, I'd been, it had been mentioned that like, you know, the courses this past week kind of are reminiscent of the, the Green Mountain courses, um, mm -hmm. in a, in a little, in little ways here and there. Um, so, uh, I, I feel like I have yet to play the Green Mountain courses to the best of my ability. And I took fourth last year. So that's kind of saying something, um, that I think that I can, I can shoot really well out there and i just haven't haven't done it yet um so maybe this will be the year <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> uh we'll have to do our picks later for a couple more of these events and we'll let you know how we do um yeah. so man every time you're on the show i bring it up i followed you uh since way back on a ferry mm -hmm. trip over to nantucket i bring it up about every time <laughs> You come out of Albany, you've played New England Team Challenge for uh, some of the events, so you know what that mm -hmm. is. So it feels like, wow, you're local in some senses to us. Mm -hmm. um, but now you're at a full-blown career of disc golf. Is this your future till you retire? Have you thought mm -hmm. about that? A little bit. I mean, I am, I'm 34 years old, which, uh, you know, I feel good. I feel young. I don't, I haven't had any injuries, thank thank goodness. Um, and you know, I'm taking care good care of myself. And I think that I could be doing this for a long time. Um, you know, I think that there could be a point where I take a, a little bit of a break and hopefully I'll be able to pick it back up. Um, but yeah, we're, it's, uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's given me a lot of really great opportunities and, um, you know, 
it's something that I love to do and I'm, I'm finding a really good rhythm right now. And so I don't want to, I don't want to quite, you know, think about retirement just yet. <laughs> and I don't think that, and, and, and I mean, I think about the people that are still competing, um, like the Owen Scoggins of the, of the world and, you know, even, uh, Katrina Allen, she's, she's older than me and, um, you know, it's still doing really well out there. So I think that, um, you know, this is a sport, this is why we love the sport too. You know, you can play it for a long time and the difference is if you can play it at a high level for a long time. But I think that, um, you know, we see Juliana Corver coming back and, and doing great. So, um, yeah, it inspires me to be able to do this for a long time. But I, I guess the shorter awesome. question I could have asked is you don't have other plans. Not right now. Okay. No. Cool. Good for you. Thanks. Um, when's your contract up with, uh, this craft this year. Oh, baby. Oh. When, when a few more. <laughs> <laughs> um, how did, how, how let's talk about that for a second. This is yeah. what people would say is a contract year. Yeah. This is where, you know, you kind of lay it all out at the end of the season and say, Hey, I'd like to re up with you guys, but for more money, or mm -hmm. if you don't have the seller season that you want to have it, you know, how does that feel mentally where, you know, let's say you're at X amount of dollars for your contract and you're pushing for more. How do you feel like that is, does that weigh a toll on you throughout the year? Um, it, it, it had in the past, um, you know, I think it was more difficult for me to advocate for myself. Um, you know, thankfully I do, I did have some help from, um, Schaefer sports management, uh, for my most recent contract that, uh, was a two year contract and it's up, like I said, at the end of this year. Um, and so I think that that helped at least like boost my confidence. And just over the last two years, I've really developed a great relationship with management at Discraft, with Bob, with Mike. Um, you know, I am the co-captain of the team, um, for, for reasons that we've discussed in great detail and, and why I, I was chosen um to be the the co-captain with paul uliberry um it's certainly not like a retirement plan or something like i think that they saw that i'm um you know very a very driven person and i i want to lead by example that's always been the way that i uh i do things um I don't, I'm not a, I don't, I don't, I'm not like a big talker. Like I don't talk myself up or, you know, I'm not like one of those showboating type people. I just, I, I just show you what's possible and what, and, and try to be um, the best, you know, role model that I can be mm -hmm. um, just through my actions. And so, um, you know, yeah, I think that having built those, the stronger relationships over the last two years is going to make this, coming um you know contract negotiation much easier and much more comfortable and um yeah I, i'm that's that's a, that's my hope and that's how i feel yeah. going into it no well, that makes sense absolutely we always hope for a nice contract re-up for everybody and um that was <laughs> who who was the last uh cory ellis i think maybe mm -hmm. yeah he's his contract year i think as well i think he's on a two-year right okay. now all right so well, next year. Well, winning a major is good for the, the resume. And, uh, and speaking of yeah. winning an Elite Plus event, uh, commemorative disc from Discraft, anything in the works? Have you talked with Bob about that yet? 
<laughs> uh, we haven't gone into too much deep detail yet, just yet. Um, thankfully, with the way I've been playing, um, we have done a lot of recent releases. Um, and basically just because of the fact that I've played so consistently and that I am the co-captain and, um, you know, they are just, they've just been awesome with giving the, me those special discs and having those releases, um, even when I'm not winning. Uh, so that's been really cool. I, I do foresee something, um, but I just, I, it's, it's so new yeah. <laughs> that I just, yeah. we haven't talked about it yet, but yeah, hopefully we'll see. All right. Absolutely. Um, what's the best way for people to support you out there? Is it by coming up and buying something from you at the course? Is it going online? Is it sending messages of support? Like, what do you like to see? <laughs> yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, if you want to buy something, if you can, um, you know, you can always go to teamdiscraft.com and we, uh, every elite team member has uh, their own personal website with some really cool gear. Um, and, discs and sweatshirts and t-shirts and, and a lot of really cool things to support all of us. So yeah, teamdiscraft.com would be a great resource for that. Ledgestone.com, they have a bunch of um, more recent releases um, from Ledgestone. And um, yeah, I'm always open to some encouraging uh, messages. I'll, I'll take all the positive positivity I can get. Uh, I have one question and I, I don't mean to put you on the spot and you can say I'm not answering. That's fine. The United Series was announced. This was the first event mm -hmm. with it. Did you hear anything about it while you were there? Uh, not explicitly. Okay. Um, it did kind of, I kind of forgot that that was like a new thing. Um, also, I was just, uh, I was just so focused, focused. On, the ta on the task that I just, it didn't even cross my mind. Yeah. Um, but what I knew was that like the, you know, the, the, the points were still going to be the same, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, you know, now I'm leading the United series. In mm -hmm. place, so there you go. Exactly. Um, <laughs> There's a bonus. There's a bonus getting paid out at Maple Hill. That'll be yep. nice for whoever wins that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it didn't really come up. That's funny. All uh, the only time I, I remembered seeing it was like when I was watching, you know, the MPO coverage and they were announcing the, the, the schedule for the next day broadcast and it said it had the little you um you know emblem and i was like oh yeah that's that's what this is you know mm -hmm. and you know yeah yeah i'm just i am just so happy that i was able to come back to these courses and act and legitimately defend my title on the courses that i won on previous yeah. in the previous year so that that at the end of the day that was what I was most excited about. And you did it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the reason I asked the question is because even from a media perspective, like I didn't hear almost anything mm -hmm. crickets about it. And just curious if on the ground it was different, but thank you for your perspective no, on yeah. that. Mm -hmm. No problem. All right. Um, unless there's something we missed, I don't know what you've got going on, but you must be exhausted after four. It was You did practice rounds, including the four rounds. It was probably what? Six straight days of disc golf at least. Yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, that's that's pretty much exactly. Wow. It. I tried not. I tried not to. Like, I'm sure there were people who played way more than that. Um, that means I played one practice round at each course. Um, but like I said before, I just I was trying to rely on my previous knowledge and experience on both courses. Nothing had changed, which was really nice. At least not that nothing's significant enough yeah. that I could even tell you that there was a difference. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. 
you know, I tried to conserve my energy as much as I could and just re-familiarize my, my, myself with the course courses. And, uh, yeah, it, it ended up working out at the, in the end. So did I see, was it Tom or you, somebody had a big fan, like a fan. Was that hooked uh-huh. to your cart? Was that your fan? Yeah. Is, yeah. That was our fan. Yep. Is that, I, did I see somebody else with that? I feel like it's kind of the thing. It's not, it's not battery powered, so it doesn't make noise, but it probably does mm-hmm. a good job at cooling is, I mean, it's for cooling is I, I'm assuming yeah. it's just a way to stay cool. Yep. Okay. Yeah. It's, oh, it, it's a, it's fantastic. fantastic. I think the other person, <laughs> fantastic. I, I think the other person that had one might've been Brittany Dickerson. At least I yes, saw yeah, that's who I saw. with Chris. Yeah, she had kind of one of those, uh, you know, mm-hmm. half cir- semicircle ones. Mine was uh, actually I picked it up in uh, Uganda when we were there wow. with the Palm McBeth Foundation, and uh, it's like the best purchase I had ever, ever wow. purchased. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's so good. You can use oh, it like awesome. to cool your hands if they're sweating too. Mm-hmm. Like I'm imagining yeah. like the way James uses the putter to like dry his uh-huh. hand. <laughs> you can well, use it. and and there's so many times like that's a fat it's fabric oh so there's so many times when you're using your disc and you just you just smash your fit your face with your disc by accident <laughs> i've done that i know other people have done it and if you are saying you haven't you're lying um so uh it's nice see that doesn't happen with that there you go <laughs> that's funny i like that that's awesome so you've had a lot going on you're traveling out to where next Idlewild, or are you taking a break going somewhere else like what are you doing no, yeah, we're actually already here in Idlewild. We arrived today. Um, I took today off uh, just to settle in and get camp set up and everything. And um, yeah, get you start getting to it, you know, right away. Um, this is also a track that I really love playing. And I've, again, have found pretty good success on it the last couple of years. Um, so, you know, this is another one that I would love to win just because I, I enjoy playing these difficult wooded, hilly courses that tend to also have some wind involved um so yeah i'm excited to be back here okay last question because the chat is demanding it no there's Uh a shout out shout out to frank he says what disc do you lean on but i want to change that a little bit to like what is your favorite disc of all time as and is it still in your bag so specifically yeah, because I mean, disc? maybe you threw maybe you threw it in the pond, you know. Like, do you still have it? Your favorite disc of all time? I do. Um, uh, funny enough, my previous favorite disc of all time, which turned into uh, a little bit too flippy and and more of a situational disc or like super uphill um, shots, was a really beat in ESP Thrasher that I had when I like first joined the team and it was in my first, you know, allotment, um, just recently lost that like, uh, like two or three weeks ago, uh, or two (sighs) weeks ago when we got back from Europe, I played a casual round. (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. I thought that I, I was more sad. I think it was more of a pride thing because I knew I had had that disc for so long. And so to have lost it, it wasn't like a detriment to my like entire game, but it was just more of a sad, a sadness. You know, I had named her OG because she was one of the originals, but also she was sort. She started off orange and she kind of got super faded, but it was like more of a creamsicle color now. Um, so like OG orange, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, wow. So you know, you you do build those attachments to some of your discs, but right now it, it's also an ESP Thrasher. 
It's a thrasher. I mean, it's always going to be a thrasher for anybody that doesn't know me. It's always a thrasher. Um, but it's, it's, it's one that I threw on so many holes this past weekend. I will continue to throw on a lot of holes this weekend and the rest of the weeks coming up. It'll, unless I lose it, that one would be a a bad, a bad day (laughs) if I lose that one. Well, thank you for that answer. Evan, did we miss anything you want to share or Nick before we let her go? Uh, last thing I got is what is your thoughts on the nickname Big Money Missy? <laughs> <laughs> I love it as long as I can continue to back it up. There you go. Well, Which go. I think that I did. Big you money. Just did. Big money. Yeah. <laughs> you want to know something funny? Uh, your average winnings uh, at Elite and Major wins actually went down due to this win, even though you won a big event. <laughs> Just because it was so high, which actually I have one more question and I don't want to put you on the spot here, but you won the same event back to back. Legendstones known for having a really high purse. The purse mm-hmm. went up this year, but the FPO winners payout went down by a thousand dollars because they spread out the payment throughout the rest of the field. Mm-hmm. Now I know you, you're not always winning, but you are finishing up top. But what are your thoughts on higher payments to everyone finishing cash and a little bit lower to the winner? Do you think it's a good play. Would you rather the winner make more money? Uh, let's hear it. <laughs> uh, um, I think specifically for the FPO division, I'm happier to like spread more of the love. I think that that's going to encourage more women to come out and play and maybe join the tour um, in the future. So yeah, I'm I'm not a I'm not a greedy person. I'll I'm 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 on the spread the love kind of person. Yeah, for the people. <laughs> she yeah. could have been like, people. I'm actually upset. That was money in my pocket that was taken. Thank you guys. Have a good night. <laughs> <laughs> very gracious missy that's awesome of you thinking about the sport in that way um you'll keep the nickname for now we'll watch and see how things go but big money missy all right guys good all right we're good we're good thank, thank you so much, you missy. So much. We very yeah. much appreciate it thank you guys Absolutely. thanks for having me have a good evening peace out bye <clears throat> Well, guys, I butchered my way through this episode so far. The chat's calling for my head and they say, where's intern Ben? And you know what? Sometimes it takes you leaving, you know, for people to realize how value, valuable you are. So intern Ben, mm, yeah. we do miss you. All, I hope you're enjoying yeah, Some sort of saying with it's that. It's all going to get to us at though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This guy's going to throw Macbeth on too early. I'm going to yep. ask not to go on full screen. He's going to put me on full screen. He's and leave it up while red. I'm talking. Yeah, I know. So uh, now we can pick yeah. on everybody. It's and it's. Yeah. A, I don't want to say it's a thankless job, but like I've got maybe 40 buttons in front of me and calls and audio and I messed it up. Unmute this, mute that. I did have one win tonight and nobody cares about the text right tech right now, but I'm so happy. I got to text Ben after this. I figured out, I think how to get rid of that. That slow motion talk. And we've had that know, for dude, a long cool. time. I figured it out. <laughs> no, it was annoying. Thanks for fixing it. Was it was very annoying. Which, hey, speaking of bum ankles, am I getting it right? Was it Parker Welk? Oh, that no. Yeah. Had to get so nasty. He posted pictures of it. Yeah. His second round at Northwood Black went forehand only because he couldn't put, I think it was his right ankle, didn't want to yeah. put the pressure and twist a backhand on it. So he went forehand only every single shot, I'm guessing besides putts, still makes the cut uh, and gets to play on Sunday. And I'm, I'm guessing he still play. I don't know if he went forehand only at Eureka 2 or if he had a DNF. Oh I don't know what happened. Goodness. Dedication. Just based on the post. Uh, that's wild. 
and nuts to hear. But uh, I want to give a quick shout out to statmando.com for this one. We just released uh, an update for the Disc Golf Pro Tour standings that we host um, on our site. You can now see who's currently in a qualifying spot for the Disc Golf Pro Tour. And I bring up Parker Welk because he has earned his ticket to the Disc Golf Pro Tour Tour Championship due to his win at DDO. So even though he's not in the top 32 for MPO uh, in the standings, as it sits now, he, of course, could earn his way back in. He still gets that invite. So you only have the top 31 otherwise uh, get in. So now you can you know visibly see that, see who's at the cut line, see who's in as it stands right now, and who has an automatic bid. So I think that's a pretty neat, uh, neat addition. Yeah. People want to see it. Also, we did add the United Series as well. So although it's a little bit boring because it's just the Ledgestone standings after, after one round or one event, and the next event is Idlewild, which goes back to the, um, I don't know what kind of uh, the rules where uh, was was set up over the off season. So uh, Natalie Ryan and any other transgender women will not be playing at that event unless. Um, other news comes up. I was just going to say, I don't know if there's a backroom agreement or deal that's happened where they said, now you don't bring us to court in this event for at least this year. I don't know, but I would expect that we're not going to see, see that happen. I'm, but who knows? You never know. Yeah, we'll see. So yeah. uh, that'll get updated after Degla, which is the next United Series event. So if you do want to keep track of that, the top three get payouts, kind of a cool little uh, side standings. I always like more standings. I think it's fun. I think we need to have more of these, have little little cups. Like in uh, in soccer, they do little cups or uh, who finishes the best out of this grouping have kind of mm-hmm. uh, a special tour, you know, dis- <laughs> or not dis- uh, tournament sponsored by Discraft or tournament sponsored by MVP, who is the best uh, in those. Uh, that's a little bit of a tangent, but. Moving on. Moving on. Um, dude, before we get into our next segment, which is going to be the pop-off picks for and the regular picks for the winner, I literally had excavators and, like, brush, like, mini skid steers all going around my property getting ready for this event in September. So for those fans who were picked to participate for all the friends around the area here who are going to participate, this will be a first year edition. I'm trying to make this special. It's I'm getting excited about it and it's still, yeah, I guess because it's my property, it's still six weeks away or whatever, five, five weeks away, but it should be yeah, awesome. You, you didn't give an invite to Missy. I'd rather her there I, than Cole. I know. I'm just, well, so I'm I was going to throw that dig out. That's so a joke. with Cole, I felt like I could put him on the spot. I don't know why. With Missy, I was like, I'm going to say, hey, Missy and Tom, what are you doing? Then I'm going through. I did this in my head real quick. I'm like, well, she she lived in the area of Albany, so she's probably just going from Vermont there. Like, So I'll send her an invite and Tom, but I didn't want to do it on the show like I did to Cole. There's a difference. Yeah, I like I like the pressure, but it's probably smarter that yeah. way. <laughs> like, will you come? <laughs> yes or no? A little bit more polite. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, professional. Um, okay, so let's let's get into it, and I'm going to give us a little intro music here. We're going to do our picks for this week coming. Is it this week? It's not even a week off. It sure it's is. Idlewild. Friday. So back back. we're going to do our picks to win as well as our pop-off picks. So starting in the MPO, I cannot bring myself to pick Calvin as much as I think this is a Calvin win. I'm getting it on record. If it happens, I'll say, I'm sorry. I just couldn't pick him right now as much as I think he could win this. Um, I'm going to start whoever's ready. I I have some ideas, but I've just been talking a lot. So Evan, you might kick us off. Well, I want some insider knowledge here. Nick, how's Paul McBeth's shoulders? How's his shoulder doing? I'm pretty sure he's not playing this event. 
I know he signed up for it, but I'm pretty sure he's not playing it. Well, he wouldn't have been my pick anyways because (laughs) he hasn't done the best here lately. I just, (laughs) I'm sorry. sorry. I did want to know, but I wasn't. Yeah, no, I I actually haven't talked to him for a little while, but I do know that more than likely he's not playing this event. Yeah, of course not a dig. I'll wait until Worlds and then very heavily consider (laughs) it and might pick him. Uh, I I already got my pick. Go ahead. Are you starting Uh, with MPO? Yeah, starting with the MPO, I'm going Chris Dickerson. Somebody picked him last week, oh, bro, and I laughed at it. No! I can't and even believe that. And he finished the second last year. was looking great. Just Isaac Robinson was better. Mm-hmm. Uh, Idlewild also, has it had a unique winner every year? Eagle won it two tour? years, I think. Did Paul win it twice? Oh, Paul I, won it in 2018. I'm, I'm picking Dickerson. You guys go around. I'm going to pull up the previous winner. So give me a I, Okay. Let me just put a few other interesting ones out there. Chat, who do you think is going to win? Um, I already said it could be Calvin. It could be James Conrad. And then I would go down the list and say Chris Dickerson is my pick, but it could be Joel Freeman or James Proctor, man. He is destined. Like, we've been trying to line him up, but he's been busy with Europe and all that. We've been trying to get him on before he wins, but once he wins and we have him on, we'll say, dude, we've been trying. And we had him on a few years ago, but... Mm-hmm. So those are the like options. There's other options, but I'm going to go with Chris Dickerson. What do you got, Nick? On the MPO side, I picked Simon last week, and I honestly thought he was going to do it. I thought he was playing with extremely Hamas. well. What's that? Go with Hamas. Hamas isn't a bad choice, but no. not going to lie, I'm kind of feeling Ricky for this event. Oh, maybe. Okay, kind of so feeling I, Ricky for this one. I have the winners here. There has been no repeat winners in MPO. Yeah, I think so. Oh, we wow. got starting in 2017. That was the first year's uh, Disc Golf Pro Tour event and going through. Uh, James Conrad, Paul McBeth, Kevin Jones, Eagle McMahon, Kyle Klein, Isaac Robinson. That's a fantastic list, first of all. In my head, I was like, yeah, it kind of yeah. has some, you know, n- not, n- not saying fluky, not mm-hmm. like what people say about Waco. Neither of those are true. Uh, but you know, has some variety to it. And I mean, it does have variety, but variety of good players. Dude, so Chris Dickerson's a good player though. Guess what I shot on the pro tour layout at Idlewild a few weeks ago or a month ago, 16 over Nick, uh, eight over six over. Ooh, I'm, I'm not disappointed. And I felt like I had some mistakes in there too, which everybody does. Yeah. That's Literally not the pro place. tour layout. It was Hold awesome. On, I, I have last year's up right here. Tell me what that Six would be. Over, so you would be 18 over. You would have finished uh, in fourth to last place of players <laughs> who finished the event. You would have be, you would have tied. No, lost to Tristan Tanner. You would have beat Scott Stokely, who finished 19 over last year. Look it at would that. not of have course, been last. <laughs> yeah, it didn't happen. Uh, wow. Let me get you a rating real what quick. What would a plus six have been rated during a round? Uh, so that's a 75. Let me find someone with a 75. Uh, 973 or 975. Well, then I would have yeah, been I would have been happy with that. So yeah. I am oh, happy. Excuse with me, that. 971. Yep. Never mind. I'm not happy. No. <laughs> I, I figured you were looking at a different round. Oh, so, yeah. In round three. No, is a I just I confused my one and my five because I was looking at 71. And Nobody yeah, cares how I played. And... I forgot to list a few other names. I apologize, Simon, Ezra. But I think add possibly I'm lots of names. Bradley Williams, Corey Ellis. I mean, Alden Harris, Ellis, Isaac Robinson. It's going to be one of DNF these guys. at Ledgestone. Yes, but he said he's uh, going to be yeah. back. He said okay. he's he's gonna be back. I forget exactly what did he say. It was his. 
Oh, he had tingling in his hand. He talked to Seth Muncie, and they think it was due to overuse. Maybe like all they did in Europe. Then he came straight and he started practicing for Ledgestone, and they think yeah. that's what it was. So he thinks he'll be ready. Uh, that's if I'm correct. Excuse me. Um, so there's a, that's a Kyle Klein. Like again, it's going to be one of these players, but great pick. I'm yeah, yeah, I know, and that's who I think. I maybe I'll change it, but so you guys both got Dickerson. Dang it, I'm going to yeah. change it officially. Change it, and when it's Chris yes. Dickerson, Defoe I'm going to be so I'm going to be so like throwing tables. I picked Chris and I changed it, but Kyle Klein. That would be a big nice. one and cool one. It, I don't know if this is like his official analysis, but I remember at some point, you know, Andrew Fish uh, uh, analyzing this course calls it a spinny woods course, which I've always found interesting. Um, like when you think of, uh, I think it was specifically with power or with forehands, you want a power forehand uh, more than, you know, some flip up technical uh, forehand. Mm -hmm. um, because the way the landing zones were built, it's an older course. It kind of was uh, meant to challenge when they would do big backhand hyzer flips because a forehand gets even more right, you know, things like that. And so it it was a pick who has a really good forehand, which once I heard the Waisaki pick, that stuck with me. I'm like, ooh, that sounds good. Yeah. Uh, but Dickerson, you know, has a solid forehand, but not, solid forehand. but not really a top tier one. But he, he was playing so good last year and, yeah. If there was like clearly, if someone was going to catch Isaac, he came in second. It would have been Chris Dickerson. So, I'm sticking with my pick. I'm happy with it. I'll hop over to FPO. I'm gonna pick the person who uh, started off with a hot round here last year, looking for that first win. You might I swear not. God, if you say own, nope, nope. Okay. You might not think uh, wooded course, but that's what happened earlier this year. I'm picking uh, Ella Hansen to get her first. You and me win. again, bro. Let's go, Matt. Let's hold hands tonight. And together. Yeah, tonight we're just like picking the same, and I'm gonna have to change again. I, I no, don't have pick to. With me. Yeah, I was gonna say if I actually think it's true, I should stick with it. Yeah. Um, I'm going own. So before you pick own, I'm going own. I'm going Katrina Allen. I think Man. Owen gets her You just first want win repeat winners, well. Matt. You're picking the back-to-back -back winner. Kyle and Klein and Katrina. Winner. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Not bad picks. Just no, they're not. But you don't you don't get points here for getting second place. We don't yeah, that, that's more boring than picking the same pick as me. Sheesh. Uh, so right. I'm sorry. That was I'm saying off. how it is, though. Pop off. I got my pop-off pick. Do you want MPO. me to go first? Yeah. Or am go. I going to steal your pick more? No, how about no, we don't? Yeah, how about we don't do that? And if I steal your pick, then we really should hold hands. Here Wait, we go. Hold on. I had, yeah. Ready? Nice. Evan Scott. Nice. Okay, good. Good. Uh, I that's not who I was going to pick. I I kind of almost want to steal Nick's pick of Austin Hannum. So that's a Can we a do back to back good. same picks though? Is that fair? Is it doesn't matter? Can I be like, hey, I'm picking the same player? I don't think do it's the worst idea. Okay. I mean, it's who no. you think is gonna pop All right. off. All right, you yeah. can do back to back. No, I I don't know. I'm sticking with the forehand logic and maybe it'll hurt me, but I want to go big germ. Uh his average finish isn't the best this year, and he, he finished pretty solid here last year. So I think it lines up. Are you taking notes Probably on our go picks back right to now? back Casey White? Uh, no, you guys got to tell me after because I'm right. going to forget. I got to look up the PDGA numbers and all that stuff okay. too. So Casey White, Nick? No, no, no. I was saying for Evan, I'm surprised he didn't pick him. No, I, I, I mean, Just twice or it's luck, right? Popped off at Ledgestone. Yeah. Um, here, I got one. I'm going to go with the local boy, Zach Arlinghouse. Ooh. Kentucky native. Has played this event before. And I'm pretty sure has been like up towards lead card at this event before. I think he had lead card. 
Yeah, I think he's right. a lead part. Which, um, which, by the way, jumping back to our interview with Missy Gannon, she was confident but not 100% confident her first lead card on tour was at Ledgestone in 2018. That is true. It was her first lead card. Nice. Just looked it up as she was saying it and didn't have a time to jump back in, but it was true. Can All we right, Steve on. Falco yeah. this one too? Can I Steve Falco this one? And just go someone super low on the total. No, board. you're right. Well, this is, this is a, I don't know. Brody Smith, I'm changing my pop off. Wait, how is that Steve Falco? That's as like in Steve- I'm changing it. I'm just changing my pick. Oh, okay. I don't know. We just made up that rule, yeah. anyways. Brody no Smith. Brody. If he can keep it together for full tournament, that's I say the that problem. Like, but if he does, it's a pop like off. Praise because he was looking really good at Ledgestone and then couldn't hold on. They would if he can do the full tournament, it would be a pop off for him because he's his yeah. average finish is not good. No. Uh, like look yeah you'll have to put it in your little I gotta, calculator because i gotta i gotta look yeah uh but my thought is like i i was kind of in the boat for a while that like i don't know if brody will ever consistently get top tens like be a consistent top 10 player not that he couldn't I mean, he did it at ddo last year and i think a few others maybe des moines this year or something uh but when he was leading ledgestone i'm like man like he's putting things together like I might not be surprised if he wins the way the season's going with like all these players winning. I just, I see it happening. I think there's, I think there's a world that Brody Smith gets a, gets an elite win. A multiverse. So there's, yeah. there's a multi, well, there's a hundred percent a multiverse. Like there is one, like just based on the chance. Imagine but, uh, if you did your pop off and your pick like for the win, the same person that's yeah. worth like, a lot of points too, because they yeah. probably don't have a good average finish and then they win. You just destroyed the field. Well, okay. I'll tell you guys a little a little cheat code here. Uh-oh. I did, I did run the the average place with last year's Idlewild to get some ideas. It's there's no cheating so, here. You friggin' cheat. So no, no cheating. Like Isaac, like Isaac Robin. Well, I'm doing research. No, no. I'm saying like this is not cheating. That's my point. Is this is not cheating. Uh, it's a fair. You can do it too. The yes. data's out there. You just got to so. do it manually and not calculate no. all one thousand yeah, calculators at the, the same time. Uh, yeah, but Isaac Robinson won last year. He would have gotten you uh, 18 points as, if you yeah. take this year's average finish, which no, is 19. Pop off and points. Um, so, like, 18 points, that's pretty good. Uh, that would have been, uh, well, it would have been the third best MPO pick, but it would have been the best, like, FPO pick, which, you know, is going to be a little slimmer because it's a smaller field. But Okay, so I, to be clear, I changed my pick from, okay, so I'm Kyle Klein to win. I'm Brody for the pop-off. FPO, I changed my pick to Katrina from I'm just trying to get this out loud here so I can remember. And now we're doing the pop-off for FPO. And that's why I asked if I could go back to back here because I am going with Holly Finley again. Mm. Yeah, she loves the woods. Yep. Good pick. Uh, I'm going to go with Madison Walker. Uh, I'm, not expecting, I'm not expecting her to push for the win. That would be cool if she does. What's her average? But uh, her average, I had it somewhere. She just has Um, to place better than, and I don't want to say a number and sound mean, but she's just got to place better than what she's been doing and you'll get points. So that's all it is. Uh, Her average in the year is 25th. So I think she can do better than a 25th and can hopefully not lose points because I would have won if I just didn't get negatives on FPL this, this past pick. Yeah, maybe you can print us a stat sheet before each of these. <laughs> Here's the stat sheet, and we can make our picks. Uh, uh, Nick, who yeah. are you picking? Uh, pop off for FPO. Yeah, there's a few options here. 
I mean, there's a lot, there but you got to figure out and play your game of who you think. I think if I'm it. looking, if I'm looking at DGPT events, Macy Villadias is in the mid tens to twenties. So, and I think she's going to pop off and give me a solid 12 points. So I'm going to go with Macy Villadias is going to be the pop off player in FPO. Okay. All right. I actually like her to also win this event. That's what I'm saying. Own, yeah. That's points and points. A, yeah. Dang. All right. Well, That's intern Ben, with. if you were listening, you would have already wrote in the chat, I think. So. Yeah. Inter- intern Ben's going to give us his picks like halfway through the first round. Like, oh, no. These were Maddie. Oh. I, I chatted them Monday night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maddie O. Yeah. Gannon Burr. Uh, Big Money Missy. <laughs> Cat Merch. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> It's one of those. I, we love you, dude. I, I'm not gonna lie. I feel like Ben would have would have picked Ella with me. I feel like uh, Ben's okay. We we rag on Ben. Ben still has a he has a good eye for these things. He's he's been probably wrong more than he's been right, just because picks are hard and that's the nature of the game. But he's probably been right uh, as much as any of us. Yeah, and he and he'll let us know that he's right just as much as any of us. He's a good yeah. dude. But he'll, he'll play dumb. Be that like you know. <laughs> Uh, I don't even know. Stereotypical Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Just missed him tonight. Oh, yeah. there's the music for me today. My day's gone this way. And then my feet went from underneath me. Um, we pretty much made it to the end of the show. Uh, I yeah. don't think we really missed anything. Uh, da, 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 da. Um, there was one other addition we could do to picks. We don't have to add it tonight. We can kind of mull over it and think about it. Is it's but it's probably more in hindsight. It's more in hindsight. So like you look at the list of people, how they played. So it's like you see how Ledstone finished, and then we come to the show with knowing that information with our most impressive finish. So it almost seems like you could go with like who was higher than their regular average. It almost sounds that way. But if you look at um I want to pull it up. For instance, for me, it would have been Ezra Robinson, I think. That would have been my most impressive finish uh, at Ledgestone. Um, be, we oh, can't like an, pick the winner. We're giving, an, we're giving an award? Yes, exactly. It's in hindsight. I like that. Um, but you can't... That's fun. Yeah, I, th- I thank you. I actually felt like I was thinking today what else we could do, and I feel like you would say, well, obviously it's Cole. But I want to say besides the winner. Like the winner, yeah. obviously that's yeah. impressive, and and he could deserve it, You're and he gets, the, it. he gets yeah. the award like most impressive so it could be somebody that's at 10th place if they're so again it goes back to kind of that average finish deal like how high did they go but like you pick based off of how you feel your award for the most impressive finish like look at what this person did I like that. Do you want to start it for this week or are we doing the next week? Uh, we could do it actually let's do a dry run on it here and look at um, the results from Ledgestone and just pick your your most impressive finish on here. Um, yeah, is Ezra Robinson your your MPO pick? Like, or is that just no? That, I think that is. That? I think that is. I'll just keep it as that. It, I I think that's great. I when you first said it, I'm like, oh, that's got to be it. But now I think about it more. I'm like, no, nah, it's it's Casey White at seven. I mean, not just because he was my pop pick. Uh, but uh, it's also I mean, a badass finish. Yeah, yeah, for yeah him, from one of our boys. Yeah, from you know Mass Local, who 
you know, he's been grinding on tour. He's, it's not like he hasn't had any yeah. good finishes, but he hasn't had a lot of good finishes this year. It's been a probably of a little bit of a, a down year for him uh, to get this big, uh, big finish, get on lead card, get on Jomez, all the, all the works of this weekend to like show off your skills. Uh, Ezra, he's, he's up and coming. He hasn't done it a ton as much as like Heimberg and Waisaki and uh, even Cole, uh, but he's shown his time a good enough. I'm going, I'm going Casey. Sorry to drag that on. No, a lot of the chat is no, saying Casey. Good. A lot of the chat yeah. is saying Casey. There's a Marweed in there. I, I still just most yeah. Mar- Marweed as well. Just yeah. for a sake of conversation, I'm going to push this actually just a little bit outside of the top 10. Cause I think Casey you is, want. you know, it Casey, be a 40th yeah. place. If you think that's the most think, impressive, like yeah, if I, I think Casey 40th, and Ezra are win the most impressive finish. Yeah, like I think Casey and Ezra are wonderful picks, but to be honest, I'm going to tip my cap on this one to Kevin Jones. You know, has only had six tournaments this year, kind of on the big stage where he's done well lad. The rest of them have been lackluster. So to pop off an 11th place finish at this event, I think is really good, especially coming into this next stretch and then also the World Championships coming up. This is a time where players need to get confident and they need to really hone in all their skill sets coming up to the world championships at an event that uh, Kevin Jones has been successful up at GMC. So I tip my cap to Kevin Jones on this one. He capped his tournament round the last round with bogeys, but, and I hate to say it, but if he just parred those, he would have had like third, like third best round of the the round. So anyways, yeah, good job to him. That's an interesting pick. I'm glad you did that. Uh, Let's FPO um, for me. Again, it doesn't always have to be in the top three, four, five, whatever. I mean, you could go down the list as far as you want and say, hey, I think that's most impressive. I said that a few times. I'm going to go Sarah Hokum. I am most impressed. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that, you know, Woods and that kind of thing, her lines with forehand, it suits her, but I'm impressed. She got a third place at an elite plus. She's been around a long time, but that's my pick for most impressed. Yes. Uh, likewise here. She was my pick as well. This one, I knew, I didn't know who you were picking and had it in my head. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, I said it at the top of the show, it's her first uh, podium uh, at an elite or major FPO event since champions cup of 2022. It's been a while. Uh, I think she's had some up and down. So it's, it's really awesome to see her get a podium again at a, a course that I think really suits her. I think a lot of the players that did well this event, you kind of almost expect them to do well. So I'll jump on the bandwagon, go with Sarah Hokum as well in that category. Um, I think it was a great event, especially um, I think with everything going on in the FPO division, the United Series, everything like that, Sarah is very outspoken on her beliefs for everything. And so I think now that the FPO division has kind of gone back to normal, which maybe isn't something that Sarah wants, I should say it isn't something that Sarah had wanted. Um, it's reverting back to what it was before. Uh, for her to be able to push through podium finish, I uh, think that's great. Well, there you go. So I mean, eventually the show is just all of our picks. Well, maybe we just do like yeah. a pick show. Like we do a talk <laughs> show and then we do like the pick show. But I'll pick Evan's picks for next week. He's going to pick Rick. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got one more accolade to, to finish off the show with. Uh Tournament today. I don't know what was going up in Canada. They had tournaments going in today, Canadian Nationals. Uh, but Statmando's own Carl Lamoth takes down the win at the, let me pull up the name of it, the Christie Lake Summer Sizzler, a one-day event up in Ontario, Canada. Uh, he's playing MA2 
my division, but he did something I can't do, which is actually win. Uh, he hey. shot a 993 final round, went 18 bagger. down throughout the two rounds of the tournament, one by 12 strokes bagger. of a field of oh, 16. Big bagging. He's rated 887. Big uh, bagger. In MA2, that's well within the means. Uh, great win for Carl. It's only his second win of his career. And I, I'm pretty sure the other one was MA3 at this event a couple years back. So congrats, Carl. He said his putting was just working. It was just going in the basket. And uh, I think the scores tell that. I, I don't need Carl to tell me that. Something was working. Dude. So nice job, Carl. You'll remember Carl from the um, yeah. Statmando Charity Trivia Show that we did oh, in yeah. the offseason. So he was the one fact-checking everything. Uh, and he, he was on the 100th episode, too, when, we, when I was out in... Uh, so was Nick out in Michigan and I was doing it from the hotel room. Uh, Carl and the stat window gang were in the background. So uh, nice job. Oh, yeah. Uh, I want to shout out really quick, Jason Orlowski, because I actually love this idea, but he said you should have a drop off player too. And so and we can off. call, I know we can call it the pop and drop segment. This is our pop and drop pop who and popped drop. off and who dropped off. I, you know, it's kind of so, like Evan's dump and run, you know, I'm, <laughs> pop I was and drop. trying not to laugh over here after seeing Jason's comment and you saw it too. And we were thinking about it and I'm like, yeah. I, it's hard for me. To make a pick right now, looking at Idlewild, being like, "This guy is gonna suck." <laughs> like, no, I would say, I would say it's kind of like who dropped average. off. It's below. last. It, okay. it should be bo- furthest below average. So it's like, that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> like who? Are, are we saying like who's gonna suck this week? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, okay, I I was thinking more along the lines of a drop off player of who did not perform like Anthony Barella missed cash this week. He would be my drop off. Yes. You can week. do it that way. But if you kept it the same pop off, is above average that way. Yeah. Drop off <laughs> is below average. So okay. I don't know. We might have to tweak we'll have that to think a about bit. it. I think, I think yeah. it's legit. And if I went into it and I was like, Oh, this is definitely not a course for AB like Idlewild. I, I think he can, and maybe he will. Yeah. But like you could pick a player like that and be like, yeah, this isn't going to suit them. But yeah, and if that player kept getting picked in a drop off, they should probably work on whatever it is that's causing that at those style events. But yeah. who am I to talk? <laughs> I need to go practice. I need to rehab this ankle, guys. I've, for yeah. what it's worth, I let's, think I've done okay to get it. through the show. I can barely move my leg right now, and I'm going to have to go up and figure out what's going on. Yep. Just elevate it, ice it, rest it. See what's going on in the morning. No disc golf Compress for a while. It. Yeah. Uh, okay. Take it easy can, on it. You can be like Paige, just throw four hands with your your knee Bro, on a, a scooter. I'll say it one last time. When I slipped, I think I was in midair and I had a glass bottle in my hand. And I was in the air. And people say things go slow-mo. I don't think it went slow-mo because it all happened really fast, but your brain works faster. And I clearly remember thinking, oh, that's not good throwing a glass bottle in the air. I can remember clearly thinking that. And then before I hit the ground, I'm like, I think this is what Paige said happened to her. <laughs> and then just like, yeah. boom. And then just like laying there, dude. I- I'm telling you, the pain was real. I was like a minute just like, I can't move. And in situations like that, it's weird how like when you're brain's moving super fast you're like let me protect like these things that don't matter that much at all costs i was like when the bottle hit the ground you're like no way do i smash this glass like i'd rather mess up my ankle and have to go to the emergency room and be out for a couple months like then drop this glass when the bottle hit the ground you're right i clearly remember too oh it didn't break (laughs) 
Like, yeah. what the heck? <laughs> and my ankle, but maybe it broke, but the bottle didn't break. Oh, yeah, la- man. Last summer, oh, when I lived uh, in an apartment on the third floor of a, like, you know, uh, like, I don't even know, old house in Massachusetts, but however it works, uh, I'm carrying a bunch of stuff down, going to a wedding that day, and like carrying like a cooler and things, and like my hands are full, and I trip down the stairs. And of course, I hold on to everything. Nothing drops, but I grab onto the railing and like fell four steps. And so my hand dragged along the railing and <laughs> had like the worst burn possible on my arm. But hey, the cooler stayed intact and I didn't break anything, uh, but my hand was messed up and was hurting the rest of the day. It was on fire. Uh, brain works weird, doesn't uh, it? So in the chat, no x-rays, Matt, tonight. Yeah. Well, the show went on and I was trying to figure that out. It was literally within like... Within the hour before the show started, and I laid on the ground for an hour as it happened with ice and elevation, and then I looked at it and I said, the show must go on. I'm going to take a look at it. I don't think I want to go to the hospital. Urgent cares are closed. I don't want to wait up all night to find an x-ray. If it's bad in the morning, I'll go do that. Thank you for your concern. Um, We've got a lot coming up. Nick's going to be up here in a few weeks for a while, and we're going to hopefully get out and do some cool stuff uh, with fans as well as video coverage. We have the 10,000 subscriber thing going on. If you're still listening live right now, or if you're an audio listener, I know it's asking a bit from you to click out of whatever you're doing or to whatever. Would you please, if you're an audio listener, we have thousands and thousands and thousands of audio listeners. If you're not subscribed on YouTube because you don't listen that way, which a lot of you don't, that's fine, but you'll help us. Just get over that notch. If you just go to YouTube, click subscribe, do it for a week or two. If you hate it, (laughs) unsubscribe, but get us to that number. Uh, We're happy for the support. Thank you guys very much. Shout out to Cosmic Disc Golf, CosmicDG.com. Cosmic, as you've seen the logo, the whole show, see the banner underneath right now. Incredible owner of this store, first of all. Shout out to Dave. Second of all, he's got a setup where you can get paid to run a tournament. And he's going to make it easy for you. That's the other crazy part is like, I don't want to say you're a warm body at the event, but you're there getting paid to run a disc golf event. Just reach out to Cosmic Disc Golf. CosmicDG.com will hook you up. All right, boys, we made it to the end. It feels four minutes early. (laughs) <laughs> which yeah, we did a full yeah, show. Yeah, four minutes early. I need to go figure 20 out the early. deal, but um, yeah. we made it and appreciate your yeah. guys' time, and we'll see you out there. And I don't know, Nick, is there anything else that we need to talk about? Are we done? Um, I just want to give a huge shout-out to everyone tuning in. Uh, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe on the video, please. We're going to say it 50 mo- million more times, but please subscribe to the channel. Thank you to um, Discology. Thank you to Cosmic DG. Thank you to Max Wax, all supporting people of the show. I also just want to give everyone a quick little uh, over at DiscuraDG.com. We're about to launch a massive site-wide sale. I also put down the price of my discs on there. They're 18 bucks a pop. If you guys want to support me in any sort of way, go to DiscuraDG.com. Use code NICKAMAG. Get 10% off as well. Uh, but the discs are cheaper on the site now. And then also we have some sweet, sweet, awesome apparel that I wear pretty much every single day. Um, so go check it out, DiscuraDG.com. Like I said, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. Tell someone you love them this week. We'll catch you in the next one. That sounds like a pop-off sale over at Discura. Pop-
pop off, baby. It's going to be a pop off. We're popping off and we're dropping <laughs> Just off. Just everything's pop off, bro. I'm going to pop off exactly. today. All right, here we go. Yeah. Nick, you're awesome. Evan, you're awesome. Ben, sleep tight in your tent or wherever you are camping in this world. Until next time, everybody, we'll see you out there. Peace out. Peace. The Nick and Matt Show, a disc golf podcast designed for you, the disc golfer. Find The Nick and Matt Show on your favorite podcast platforms or join the conversation live on YouTube.